I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gang. And his envy. Episode number 63. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His Envy on this beautiful Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Uh, and we hope that you take some time. Uh, if you have some time away from the turkey and the stuffing and possibly some annoying conversations with family to get breakaway and listen to this episode of game is MB. We're so excited to bring it to you. Um, before we get into all the things we have to talk about, uh, we have some things to get out of the way first though. Be sure wherever you're listening to us to leave a rating and a review. And that's on Apple podcast. That's on Spotify. That's on Google podcast. It's so, so appreciative um, for you to leave that rating and a review because it helps us get into the algorithm. It helps us get seen by more and more people. Um, it's just a really nice way for for us to get feedback and get some benefits out of it as well. So if you can take that time right now, go and leave that rating and a review. We would be very much appreciative. Um, also, you can follow us across our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads, all at a gay and it's MB, where we're posting clips from the podcast, as well as some of our instant thoughts on the stuff that we are watching, um, instant thoughts on just news and life in general. So uh, be sure to follow us across there at a gay and his NB. Uh, uh, you can also go get merchandise from us over at a gay and his nb.threadless.com where we have t-shirts and mugs and stickers with a variety of different designs that you can get on them. Um, and it's a great thing for the holidays coming up. You know, Christmas is right around that corner. So be sure to get a gift over at again, it's mb.threadless.com. Uh, also, if you have a question that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us across our social media platforms or at again, it's mb at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear anything that you want us to answer, and we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. Now that it is all out of the way, babe, what do we have in store this episode? We are going to be talking about the final two episodes of this year's Big Brother UK. We finally crowned a winner. Finally crowned a winner. A sarcastic bastard that he is. Um, <laughs> we are also going to be uh, talking about the season thus far for Drag Race UK as well as the premiere of Drag Race Canada. Very excited to be talking about that because it's been, it, we, we've it's had a, been lot a of, while. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, thoughts as things have been brewing. I know we haven't been able to talk about it every week, but yeah, we'll give a good sort of synopsis of everything that we're loving over there. Uh, we're also going to be talking about this new episode of Married to Medicine. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, you know, this pamper party and the strippers and the, oh, Jesus, <laughs> all of that. Um, but before we get to any of that, we got to talk about these dastardly bitches over on House of Villains. House of Villains for this week. Um, I will say we had a lot of discussion uh, last week on uh, our House of Villains section about sort of our befuddlement of this show. Um, I don't think that changes i think it nope. may, maybe gets a little more confusing i uh -huh. would say but i would i i it's still entertaining as hell like it's one of those things where it's like the players involved are bringing it enough to where it's like i i'm for i'm i'm taking the critical mind out of it in moments just to enjoy what's happening yeah if that makes sense um we're coming back from the stronghold after uh omarosa uh did her nominations uh she obviously nominated shake Corinne and Tanisha, and it was a big sort of blindsidey moment. I love Tanisha when she's walking, going, "I want my lashes back too." I was like, "You shouldn't have given those to Amaros in the first place." Why? You mm -mm. Um, and Bananas uh, talks about how you know he's sort of frustrated in the sense that you know even though he's not the one that has gone up, 
basically all three of his allies in some form or fashion have gone up, so he's losing someone no matter what. Yeah. But, I mean, like, with as small of a lineup there is, like, you're going to... Again, and also... I get, I'm a little, I don't know about you, like, I'm also confused largely with the alliances in this, like, sec- I, I, like, I could have sworn, like, Omaros and Corinne were close at one point, and then, like, they just went back to not being, and then, I, it's really, like, I, I'm not sure where, like, Bobby lays, like, it's very hard to feel, like, where Bobby's, um, intentions are, in terms of, like, who he's targeting, like, it's, yeah, I, I'm I'm largely confused. <laughs> yeah, I mean the whole thing is confused, right? Like because well, but maybe not because it seems like um Omarosa maybe only was trying to get Corinne close to her so that she could get Corinne to vote against Tiffany. Sure. And then now it's the next vote and she's turned her back on Corinne right. basically. Um so I mean maybe that's just Omarosa. And yeah, it's, yeah. (laughs) Omarosa is, we talked, I think, a little bit last week about how she's the one that I'm definitely still a little confused by ish. Ish. In terms of things, but um, we'll see how it plays out further. Um, She says in, uh, in her confessionals, you know, if you're shocked at nominations, you might just be a floater. No one felt safe uh, uh, but Corinne and Tanisha. So, but, like, that that was then evidenced as to them floating in the competition, which sort of, uh, I, I, again, I, I think. Again, with the wrong terminology, though. Sure. Like, but, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not going to question her. <laughs> not to her face, at least. Yeah. And they're all by the, basically, they're all by the fire. Not all of them, but like most of them are by the fire outside. And they basically all agree that Shake needs to be the one to go home and that they're sick of Shake. Um, and Bobby telling Corinne, look into the fire and see yourself winning that challenge. And then they do the graphic of Shake just cackling in the fire <laughs> like he's the fucking Wizard of Oz or some shit. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the editing is, is great on this show. Um, Shake is talking about like, you know, I finally don't care about, you know, being everyone's best friend. Maybe I am a villain. This feels right. It's like, again, I think you're losing track of the fact that this is a game and like, yes, it's house of villains. And like, it's not about fine. It'd be what that'd be. Oh, that'd be a good reality show. I know you were talking last time about like, you know, it should be about who does the most villainy stuff. Uh-huh. What if house of villains is learning how to be a reality television villain. You take like 10 reality stars and you have like the Tiffany as coaches. They're like too good for their own good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you, and you teach them how to be villains. That's a show I think can be workshopped. Yeah. You, you have Tiffany, like hell. Um, I feel like, um, fucking Raquel from Vanderpump Rules could be a, ju- a judge on that. Oh, well, no, she would be a contestant. No, it, because she she went from doe-eyed baby bitch to cheating on, cheating with her best friend's 10-year partner. Yeah, maybe she'd be like a guest instructor. Like, <laughs> That's what I mean, though. Like, But I was going to say, like, maybe, maybe what it is is not just random people off the street. Maybe it is, like, the Raquel's or whoever, like, having to teach them then how to then become a villain. Like, un- unwilling villains that right. you then make, you know, f- teach them how to sort of, like, embrace. Like, and it would be things like um, how to deal with blowback. 
mm-hmm. when something doesn't go right. Rule number eight, double down. Triple yes. down. <laughs> like, yeah, I think, again, guys, I, I, I'm here to pitch, you know, whenever. <laughs> and so then uh, Tanisha then goes into the kitchen and she's already hot. Like, Bobby... And Bobby was like so antagonistic in this fight with her and Amorosa. Like she, he was just. There was a couple times this episode where Bobby's just sort of like in the background, like just saying shit to like. Oh yeah. Like get involved. I think he's. I mean, we'll get to it. He kind of goes to the Amorosa playbook that she touches on later in that big moment that Tanisha has uh, later. Uh, in the episode. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, he kind of always always plays by those rules of just like I need to be the center of attention. I need to be mm-hmm. in it. Um. <laughs> Tanisha tells Amorosa basically that she's fake and Tanisha's like, why couldn't you tell me? Like, I looked at you as like a big sister. <laughs> oh, jeez. That, that was your first mistake, Tanisha. Yeah. Amorosa goes, you never wanted to work with me. I tried to talk to you like three times and then Tanisha goes, you sat there with fucking tangerines and gave a whole demonstration. <laughs> Don't fucking act like I'm crazy. <laughs> Not the tangerines. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought they were cuties, but you know. Yeah. Same, same difference. Uh, then Tanisha then goes like, this is my real life. This is my son. I'm a young mom. And this starts to annoy um, Amorosa being, being like she's weaponizing motherhood in terms of like playing into things, which I, I mean, this, I guess, was like somewhat strategy on Tanisha's part of just like, I got to pull anything to stay. But like, again, this goes back to what's the point of the show? Right, right, right. Because in some cases, it's like people are getting voted out because nobody likes them. Wouldn't that make them the villain? Mm. But then in other cases, when somebody does something that's outrageously villainous, Everybody goes, yeah, I respect that. They have to stay. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, I don't know what this show is. <laughs> what is this show? We'll get to that later because there was that moment later where I was just like, how? What? I just, I don't understand. Uh, what are we doing? Bobby then just goes like, I need you to cry to Tanisha. He's just like picking <laughs> on her like so bad. And then this is where Tanisha goes, you must be smoking dick. I swear. <laughs> and then I, Where would you like that? Uh, I just, like, I'm trying to picture it. That's a fetish I don't need. Do you light the balls on fire and then the whole thing? Like, how do you smoke a dick? (laughs) Bobby gets, I love smoking dick, but this has nothing to do with that, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) It was almost as if, like, Tanisha, like, I don't know if you caught it, but, like, when, because Tanisha says that and then, like, goes off camera, but it was almost as if she was cracking up when she said it. She realized how funny it was. And then, and then randomly, like they all like disperse. Except, like, I think like Corinne and Amphisa are still in the kitchen. Corinne's like, "You want a glass of wine?" And she goes, "Yeah, baby, come on. I'm, I'm sorry for yelling." <laughs> uh, um, we go. We wake up the next morning. Shake is like trying to like try. Like, I love that Shake is just att- like making the weakest attempts to like actually like build alliances. He's talking to Amphisa that you know. I think you know you will do better with like Corinne not here. You know, it's something to think about. And she's just like, I. Trust Corinne. I don't trust you. Sorry. And, like credit. I I kind of like Anfisa a little more and more. Like as the episodes go on, I love how she just stonewalls Shake and just is oh, like yeah. you know, I I may be a dumb bitch like most of the time, but like you're t- too dumb for me. Even. Yeah. Like she really doesn't fuck with him, and I appreciate that. Um, Eva comes over the mic and basically tells them all to prepare. Um, for mimosas and waffles and uh, Bloody Mary. So they're all just going to brunch, which, like, was it just an excuse to get them out of the house to put up that giant box? And they're like, they'll fight at this brunch. <laughs> like, mm. 
You know, I'm sure we you'll, we'll give them the excuse to do that. But they go to this like specific like this waffle restaurant or whatever. Um, Corinne, <laughs> I did love the pettiness of Corinne pouring champagne for everyone's mimosas except Shake, like making such the point to like avoid. It. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> and Corinne talks about how like much he has like a punchable face, basically. Yeah. Um. So then, okay. So then, bana- bananas asked Bobby. Um, if he has an OnlyFans and sort of like, which I kind of wanted to hear more about like, because I I don't know much of Bobby outside of, Mm -hmm. I I don't watch Love and Hip Hop, but like to talk about that side, I guess maybe would be interesting. Um, Also, have you seen like, like Bananas and Bobby really have like a showmance like outside of this show it feels yeah like they're posting on instagram and like sort of like buddying up which i kind of yeah i kind of like to see yeah um but then shake reveals that like to like piggyback off the only fans thing that there's this guy in indiana who he communicates with who just he sends videos of him vaping to him and like sends him his like empty vape pens and the guy will send him back like 250 bucks <sighs> I uh, is it that hard in this in in this industry? <laughs> like like when remember like honestly like the advice that Jax was giving him like the first episode about how to like make money on like Camry, it's like maybe take it, Shake, because like this that's a little maybe they low could, for you. Maybe they should have kept uh, Jax around a little bit longer. <laughs> I know, right? It's like yeah. Uh, what what's the fetish there though? Like I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a fetish for everything, but yeah, rule thirty four. <laughs> rule thirty four. Like no, no, thank you. Um, Tanisha is just getting more annoyed and at the table as Omarosa is just like kind of like joking with everyone. For clarity, though, I do it if it's somebody sure. that wants to pay me. <laughs> like that's. I mean, it's you know, it's it's not a lot I wouldn't do for money. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> well. <laughs> email againisnb at gmail.com there you go um uh omarosa like whispers to bobby at one point like i'm so fucking bored let's go and then tanisha hears it and goes and it's gonna be boring if i go home so then omarosa and tanisha then start to get into it um it then just becomes a thing about like it, it becomes really like um inside baseball of just like talking about like omarosa keeps going off about like 30 million baby i got you know i bring in like 30 because mil- i guess maybe that was like she's talking about like the ratings for the apprentice maybe i would think i mean that that's the who's like so nobody's making 30 million getting 30 million viewers nowadays on television no no this show is definitely not getting that as much no. as i love it no maybe thirty thousand. <laughs> yeah uh tanisha's like you're out of your element and omarosa says you're a one-hit wonder <laughs> tanisha then goes no that's you that's why you get the least amount of jobs and that's why you were fired from the white house <laughs> like no she got fired from the white house because she was uh absolutely a nightmare to deal with people yeah. forget about like how messy god like i don't want to ever go back to those days don't get me don't no get the false impression but that week when omarosa got fired and like john kelly had to like kick her out and like literally escort her off the premises because she was it it was like we were living through um real housewives of dc again oh yeah it, <laughs> where they invaded the white house <laughs> it was like the best like leak like i've ever seen in terms of like you know it's like for those people that were like like outside of the reality world that were excited in that period that's how we feel like all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> getting these like you know uh blind items and shit like that um so they they then end up returning back to the house and they see this giant box set up in the backyard that has like a curtain 
and that over it. Um, where and everyone's like, oh, it's like a nightclub. I love that they there's so there's so little like um, producing on this regard. They all immediately are about to like rush into the box, and that producer has to be like, nope, no, 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 nope. <laughs> Literally, the the Eva voice comes over and says, "Do not go into the box." <laughs> Oh, God. But they have to wait until, like, sort of later into the night to figure out, like, what's it all about. Um, so then it gets towards the evening. And then so we see a, a, a doorbell ring. And Spencer Pratt arrives from the hills. You've never watched the hills. I barely watched the hills. I know of Spencer from, like, Spencer and Heidi in, like, because they really were, like, became, like, media figures in, like, the mm. 2010s. Like they were, they were on like every like talk show, like sort of like discussion. Like like I think my brain conflates the Hills and One Tree Hill because I didn't realize that the Hills (laughs) was a reality show. Yeah, they're very. I thought it was scripted. No, yeah, those are very, very, very different things. But no, he like, and I never under. I mean, even like watching old clips, I don't really understand the why he was so popular. Like, I think like. It was one of those things, like, you had to be there, probably. Like, if you didn't experience Maybe. it at the time, yeah, it doesn't, like, resonate. But he'll, like, I mean, Omarosa is right. They're, like, they kind of started around the same time. So, like, mm-hmm. it's that era of, like... And I will say the one thing I kind of, like, like about this show is, like, seeing the newer... Like, the Love is Blind 90 Day Fiance people being, like, I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> like, like who is... <laughs> like, th- I'm supposed to care about this person. But, like, having, like, the Omarosas and Johnny Fairplays be, like, you ha- recognizing the game. Yeah. That I really like because there is sort of that, like, generational divide. Yeah. And, and, and also in terms of, like, the viewership. Like, like, again, I don't watch Love is Blind. I don't know, like half these people you know in uh-huh. in these like newer netflixy like sort of like you know ev- like everyone on my twitter timeline is talking about like selling sunset and i'm like i i mean i guess i can start like <laughs> it's just it's too much <laughs> it's too much. i'm sticking to my bravo and like and like niche niche worlds and like that's about it <laughs> like yeah um uh but then he also like I was also confused because, like, he – I know he was, like, at least somewhat more antagonistic, like, in his early days, like, Spencer, Spencer Pratt was. But, like, even on Morose, like, he felt like he was on, like, a Kalanapin. Like, he was just, like, so zoned out and, like, high or something. He really had no clue what was going on. Well, they don't – and it was so clear, like, they – the, again, going back to the like, there's a, so little producing on this show. They gave him like the most basic instructions in terms of like, this is what you need to say to the house, and then just threw him in there. And he was just well, like, and he took it as a script as opposed to a general guideline. When later, and when he's going, when they go outside for the challenge, and he basically just describes the rules again, be like, oh, so you can take like this chip, and then you could put it in this person because, and it was like, yeah, we get it, like, <laughs> like what the fuck, dude. Uh, I uh, no. Yeah. Um. But he gets into it with like Bobby too a little bit because he's like, I'm honored to be in a house of you know misrepresented individuals, and Bobby's like, I'm not misrepresented. I'm a true villain. And he goes, I mean, I okay. Like I've never heard of you to be honest. Like, and I honestly don't. It it was the tone of like I didn't think he meant it like shadily. He genuinely was yeah. just confused. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they okay. So basically, the challenge is. They called the darkest hour. They have this box that is filled with these like tiny like boxes of like 
snakes and rats and scorpions and stuff like that. And there's like these like chips mixed in and you have to go in in complete darkness, find a chip and then put it in one of your opponent's slots to where when they get five chips, they're eliminated. Um, and Corinne and, and Tanisha are immediately freaking out. Literally to the point where they were like, nah, fuck you producers. We're not doing this shit. They're literally like, give it a shake. It's fine. And I, and I did love that they, they showed the clip of the producer talking to Tanisha being like, okay, so like there's nothing. I love the him reasoning with her of like, so legally, like I can't do anything that would like kill you. So <laughs> think but, about that maybe. <laughs> okay. You can't do anything that would directly kill me. But if you do something that makes me have a panic attack and then I die from that. That's true. I can still get dead. There's, a, so, man, there's many ways to die. <laughs> dumb ways to die. <laughs> um, and, but also I was confused because Corinne's like crying that she like hates Anna. Like. She, we literally get a flashback to her like the first week or whatever, where she was like in her confessional, be like, "I'll tell you right now, if there are bugs involved, I will lose this competition." This like, is I'm, why you never tell producers your biggest fear. That's the thing. It's like don't do it. Like my biggest fear is puppies. <laughs> my my biggest fear is chocolate. I no, I'm like the ladies on Maury that like was afraid of like cotton balls or whatever. I'm like, terrified of pickles. Somebody <laughs> get <laughs> Ms. Cracker over here. I can <laughs> I'm terrified fa- of pickles. I can fake it. Like don't get me wrong. Um, but like she also says when she's like crying about it, Corinne goes like, you know, I did this already on like Fear Factor. I'm like, why would you sign up for Fear Factor? Like one, like you know, one of the, like the things you automatically can think of when you go on Fear Factor, it's gonna ha- do something with like some form of like particularly fearful animal. Yeah, like like it's either you're eating it or you have to like sit like or, and have it like on you. And Ooh. it's usually and usually when it's the second one, it's not one or a couple. It's usually submerged in a vat of them. Right. <laughs> so absolutely not. Yeah, it's one of those like like. You can't be mad when you, like, know that is what you're Like, I'm getting chills just thinking of that. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, banana, I love that Bananas also jokes, like, I mean, like, I'll stick my dick in the scorpion tank for, like, the 20, 200K right now. So, like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> but I'm sure he would. Like That he, would be more entertaining than what happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, basically, Shake and, and Corinne and Tanisha go inside. Shake's the only one trying. I, I, as much as I was, Corinne like. Corinne did try. She tried a little bit, but it was so, like... Well, she okay, was... both of them tried in in terms of there was activity in <laughs> happening inside their brain trying to get them to do the challenge. They went in the box at the bare minimum. Yes, but I, I just, I don't want to discount the effort that, and the, like, distress that both Corinne and Tanisha were under in I can this di- challenge. I can discount it a little bit. I'm not discounting it because I would be doing the same thing. Well, so, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like, I would hate this. Don't get, like, like it would I suck. would not do it. I would literally have said, evict me now. Go strap me into the chair and beat <laughs> me through the wall. I'm not doing this shit. Uh, yeah. Like, so, like, because my luck, it would be full of tarantulas. Oh, right, right, right. And, well, but you actually have a, well, I'm not going to say they don't have a genuine fear, but you have a, like, almost diagnosable, like. But that that's what I mean. Like, I'm not going to sit here and discount the anxiety and the fear that is literally coursing through their bodies. Sure. Like, adrenaline will do fucked up shit to you. So, like, of course, both of the, like, 
Corinne is trying to fight through it as much as possible, but is ultimately unable to get any chips out. Tanisha can't even get her hand in the box. Right. Like, it's almost... And then, in comparison to those two, Shake literally is a vet. <laughs> when Bobby said, like, I mean, he's a fucking veterinarian. He sticks his hands in, like, horses' assholes or whatever. It's like... I would find a horse's asshole easier than this, oh, no. to be fair. But, like, yeah, like, it's almost like the producers put together this challenge and said, fuck whoever Shake is against. I mean, sort of. But, like, I I feel like there is more of a... It's kind of a common challenge on these types of... Not that it's, like, sure, common. Sure, but they could have held off to where it wasn't so uneven. They could have used this one in a different week. When it wasn't a veterinarian against two people who are terrified of whatever's in those boxes. Sure. I think for just the show aspect, I got kind of annoyed because it was like, and maybe it is on that producer side, but like that it was so uncompetitive and kind of like formulaic. Well, it, it felt like they were going, we're not losing shake. Why? He's I don't know why. I agree. But I think it's because he pisses people off in the house. I guess. But, like... But it's, like... It feels very heavy-handed of the producers. Right. To me. And so that's why I would have just been like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm not doing it. Yeah. Or Uh, I would have been sitting out there and wrestling the chips. Because nowhere in the rules did it say that you you had to to remove the chips on your own. That's a good point. I would have fought Shake for them chips. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. You go into that pool, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So so Shake ends up winning. So he's safe. He's pulled off of uh, the block for elimination. Um, Bananas is kind of like, you know, well, at least like Corinne tried. Like, you know, I don't think anyone will really like save Tanisha in terms of that kind of stuff. Like it's kind of made up his mind in that regard. Um, But then Tanisha is like, she's trying to like negotiate, but it's not really working. She's realizing like, yeah, I kind of fucked myself by not even, you know, putting my hand in there or anything. But she's like, I have to, I have to think of something fast. And then she go, we see her at night, like go into like her bathroom or whatever and call some, which I was like, they gave them their phones. Like, that's not normal for these shows. No, usually there's a media block out. Yeah. But also like, who did she call? (laughs) Like, like this was a producer, like Tanisha talked to a producer and then basically, or at the very least, yeah. if, if they didn't have this already set up to do and had to be like, well, Tanisha might go home this week. So... I I feel like they had to have this set up yeah, already. Exactly. Like they were just waiting on Tanisha to pull the trigger. Yeah. I wonder if each of them had the ability to put together a a bit. Yeah, I mean, because they are do they've done some like referency stuff like already in the Even past. like some of the big props around the house are references to their shows. Yeah. God, if if Trump shows up, I'm going to quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> that cannot happen. <laughs> no. Well, I don't think Omarosa fucks with him anymore. Oh no, no, that yo, you are right. She's like compl- she, she's re. That's she's so good at reinventing herself. She's now like throwing him under the bus on like CNN and all that shit. Now, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Dare. He wouldn't show up for her. Um. So, uh. But we go the next morning. Everyone's still in bed, and then we just hear. So Tanisha, <laughs> Tanisha, not the producers. Tanisha, um, brought together a choir. <laughs> 
to then recreate her famous pots and pans scene. <laughs> great. It's really great. Like, it was fabulous. It's one of those, like, fantasy things when, like, you're putting the show together where it's like, you know, that's what I would do in, like, this, like, you know, if I had <laughs> every resource. And it's like, oh, you actually did it. Cool. <laughs> but then Amorosa decides that I guess she, like, was discussing with people, like, you know, the one, the one rule, villain rule number, whatever, because I guess that keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you, if you, if someone's having their moment, you put yourself in the front of it and sort of take it. So then she starts to like get involved with the choir, and she's like hugging all of them and going, "Are you taking her with you when you go? <laughs> Are you helping Tanisha?" And then she's like banging the pans with them. Yeah. It was it was it was a cute little moment. It was it was fun. Um. So uh, they're getting ready and sort of like discussing everything. Bobby basically wants to get back at Corinne for the New York vote. That's where he's mm-hmm. decided on. But then like later, like talks to him feast in the kitchen and then flips back to Tanisha. I, it was it was a little contrived. He he really runs with like a chicken, like a chicken with his head cut off, like just sort of like yeah. it's it's really hard to follow. I did love him like talking to Shake and Bananas about it. And he's like, I just don't want to go around saying that I'm voting for Tanisha and then you go tell Corinne Shake. And he's like, no, 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 no. Because you would do that, Shake. <laughs> don't fucking lie to me right now. <laughs> don't act like you ain't done that eight times already. Yeah. But apparently this was like convincing, like Tanisha bringing this choir convince them that she's here to compete because bananas is really like the fact that she's willing to go to these lengths shows that she wants to stay here i'm like so are we rewarding shitty behavior how does this benefit the game <laughs> like it's, i don't understand i don't understand <laughs> like if it was structured if there was like tenets of villainry and like they had to like earn points kind of like the charisma uniqueness nerve and talent in Drag race or like the uh glamour, yeah, horror, oh, Felth and Dragula, or you know, like there's tenets and like there's like categories where they have to like earn points and like people like rate each other on how, like, okay, at that point, doing something like that, perfect, I get it, whatever. But in a world where they're just voting people out all willy nilly. Why? Yeah. I don't understand. No, it's... I need some... Joel McHale. (laughs) Oh, Joel doesn't doesn't get it either. We'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) um, I also really love Bobby. I mentioned that Bobby was, like, talking to Amfisa in the kitchen or whatever. He says in his confessional, I was talking with Antifa and... and (laughs) And I was like, and I'm sure any conservative Republican watching, like, yeah, that's the real villain. (laughs) And then, like, the producer corrects him, and then he goes, and Sifa? (laughs) Like, girl, (laughs) get it together. (laughs) Uh, They all enter the stronghold uh, for the banishment ceremony. (laughs) Joel, Joel goes, this has been an exciting few days on House of Villains. Or so they tell me. I don't watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they each get the moment to give their speech. Corinne starts by going, each one of you have touched me in different ways. And Joel just goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> the entire cast bra- cracks up. It's great. No one is taking this seriously. <laughs> no. Um, we get the build up. So they're strapped into their chairs. Uh, they show they well they show most of the votes, and uh, we find out that once once Joel says by unanimous vote, it, it cued in my head, uh, and then Corinne goes home. So everyone suddenly again like a, a, a 
a giant choir that had like no gameplay effect was suddenly like the thing that like yeah. convinced everyone apparently. I would have died if they had like a a like uh hot mic moment after she got back there where Tiffany like greets her like <laughs> Ruby or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also like um I loved when she before they launch her, like she's still strapped in the chair and Bobby goes, Can I give her a hug before she goes? And like runs up, almost trips by the way, <laughs> as he's running up. And I love that I, I love that where it's like, I'm gonna give him a hug because they're trapped right now and they can't like deny me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm sure Karun would have been like, fuck you, you voted for me. Um, they they send Amorosa presses the button, and then Karun goes back, and Joel goes, she just got flipped onto the set of Big Brother, so she's okay. <laughs> that's that's the pathway, right? That's the. Yeah. Um, but Amorosa, of course, is not happy because she wanted Tanisha gone, and so that'll sort of play into, I'm sure, things to come. Um, that was House of Villains for this week. Like I said, just, I mean, a fun time, but just like, if you're looking for, like, good gameplay strategy, like, you're not finding it. This ain't it. This is Bonkers Banana Pants. But we love that. We love a little Bonkers Banana Pants every once in a while. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we are talking the finale of Big Brother UK. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, much. Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery, concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Let's head on over to London where the letters from home told Maddie to go fuck himself on Big Brother UK. Big Brother UK, the finale, the finale week, well, last couple days, there was only few episodes from the last time that we uh recorded talking about big brother uk um but we finally have a winner uh we i guess we should just sort of jump off the bat and sort of you know say it to the world jordan pulled it off jordan uh the winner of big brother uk a very i will say is how things kind of were playing out in the lineup of how people placed i was kind of nervous but like i think jordan makes sense in many ways yeah like i think he's a deserving winner in terms of his role in the house they need brain choice voting <laughs> apparently well i mean kind of they they sort of did 
sort of do ranked choice voting because once once your person gets eliminated like fifth or whatever, then you can vote again. But that on top of but no, because if you go, I want Yin Yin Run to win, for example, and right. you throw all of your votes to Yin Run, the second person that you want to win is Maddie, right? You like if what if everybody's second choice was Maddie, but they threw all of their votes towards their first person? Yeah, well, that's different because that I mean that was also the swerve of like having somebody go home before the actual finale night. That you, I know you were having an issue with in terms of right. Well, I have an issue with this is this way of doing the voting, right? Um, and I know that that's how they've always done it. I think uh, all the. Some they don't always do the swerve like at at, at of but, Ma- like when Maddie but went home. You know what I mean? They have the fin- the the final whoever the finalists are, right? And they open the voting. Everybody votes. Then they close the voting. Eliminate the lowest person in the in the polls. And then they open it for a little bit more. And then- right, um, which is apparently just like a commercial break. Yeah, Pretty not much, that not that long. Like maybe a couple minutes, but it's like I. I don't like doing it that way. I think you should put in your ranked voting leading up to the episode. And then once the episode starts voting, right. the polls close. That's an interesting way to kind of do it. And then that way you actually get a an exit order that is reflective of people's actual opinions. Mm. As opposed to people having to strategize and go, well... I need to put three votes towards Yin Run, but I'll put two towards Maddie. But then that ends up with Yin Run not getting enough votes to stay in. And so she goes home fourth. Four, yeah. And also, like, when they showed the results at the end, like, how close second, third, and fourth was. Like, it was, like, a percentage point it's just, between each of them. Yeah, but I don't want to see those. I don't want to see those numbers because those numbers are the final numbers. Right. I want to see what they were at the point of elimination mm. for each time. So once number four went, how far above was number three? That's a good point. Was everybody else above them then? Well, and I also know, like, I, I and I don't, I, it's harder also when we're in America because it's right. like we're separated from that sort of thing. But I know that, like, the bookies, like, were, like, because you can <laughs> bet on these shows. Yin Run was first place the entire season. Not not in, until, until the very end. Until the last week. Like the last week, like I think like Henry jumped up at one point and then Olivia jumped up at one point. Uh-huh. So like it was getting a little mixed up. I, 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 the, I'm just going to blame them because I, I, I've been hating them for the last couple of weeks. So it's fine. Um, I blame Tom and Jenkin because I feel like they put it in America or America in uh England's head that Yin Run was duplicitous and that there was yeah. some like an ulterior motive to her sweetness because God forbid she actually just be genuinely like the way she is. Um, I think that kind of messed with people's heads a little bit. I think in certain ways. I, I would I would tend to agree with you. Um, but I also I I just I don't like a system where you have to be judicious about where you're putting your votes and yeah. you have to then um like anytime that there's like multiple people up, if they're not I think it needs to be ranked choice because that's the only way that you actually get an ability to have an actual say. Sure. Because otherwise stuff like Trish going home 
when she went home happens because then the people on one side of an issue have to make sure that they're focus voting and Trish didn't have the mo- the second most people wanting her to go home. Right. I mean, yeah, yes and no, because I'm, I'm sure also the Facebook moms were definitely out in full effect, but I do agree. Sure. Like- but the fact that, that it was Trish for the win that, the chance right before Trish went out. That and then something. Yin Run was also getting Yin Run for the win chance right before she went well, out. Well, no, uh, no, she actually got them after. <laughs> she had already been eliminated and they were chanting Yin Run for the win. Well, they <laughs> were doing it before she went home, too. Like, everybody, like she had the biggest cheers. Yeah. She had, like, she should which, have won. Which I thought was. Not I, to take it away from Jordan. I think Jordan was amazing this whole season. Yeah. Or I series. I wouldn't have mind Yin If Yin Run wasn't going to win, I wouldn't have mind her being third. I, li- I actually liked Henry for the most part on the yeah. season. But I actually thought him getting more votes than Yin Run was a little confusing. I, I, I understand. Because of the way he was treated all season by Jordan, sure. I understand the sympathy and the... Um, connection to him in that way. He became endearing. Yeah. But in that, but, and he also had a lot of evolution yeah. throughout the show. And I, I think that really personal journey and evolution and stuff like that is kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Um, you really want the contestants to come out a different person than they went in. And I think that Henry probably did that the most. Yeah, I could say that. Uh, Jordan was probably second, and Yin Run was probably third. Yeah, in terms of who changed the most over the course of the show. Yeah, I can see that. I also, I, I, as much as like you know, I would have loved Yin Run even up there. I actually liked that Jordan and Olivia were kind of top two. Like, I there was a wor- world where I was like, okay, I actually kind of like that in a certain realm because I do think Olivia. I've I've turned around on Olivia. I've kind of like separated her from that. F- that yeah. foul four group because I actually think she at the times in which she was the worst in that group was a, due to a lot of like pressuring on their part. Right. And I actually think she's more genuine and, and, and delivered a lot throughout the season as well. Right. Like she was a big character. Yeah. And the, look, I, as someone who still trusts, uh, Trish's, um, ability to like suss out a good person from a bad person Mm -hmm. she was open openly accepting the apology from olivia there was no hesitation there because she felt that olivia was being genuine and i trust that right and and i i get that sense from olivia as well and i do think there was a lot of genuineness that she also expressed throughout that i think um came off endearing in that way as well um and, but we mentioned also before about maddie so maddie going home before the actual finale night getting time also to cut his hair in between which i thought was weird well i mean he was only gone he was only out one day yeah but like i, I don't know i like the longer hair personally i agree but so they get uh, and and in the most like fucking savage way possible like they like and they've done I, gutter punch yeah like holy shit they've done they've done the like night before the day before or the couple days before the actual like uh, um finale night eviction like not in this way like 
not in the way of, hey, we're going to have this like really sentimental moment where you all read your letters from home and you're reading it to each other and you're crying and you're emotional. And, and- embedded in one of your letters is an eviction notice. <laughs> It's like, fuck holy that. fuck, what? And the way that Maddie was like, just sort of like, he took it much better than I expected. And it, well, I will say it was, it did feel like in the day before or in the lead up to that day as well, he kind of felt like he wanted to go home. With yeah. His, like there was something off about like, sort of like, and, and everyone yeah. else in the I, house was I would like it. to hear from him now that he's out of the house, like what exactly that was and what shifted for him yeah because i feel like and that also might be why he went and cut his hair because kind of like you know when you go through something (laughs) like that's like very extremely emotionally difficult and you kind of just have to change something yeah just to shake it off of you that i i think that's what that was i think he was just like i need to get this house off of me sure and that's why he cut his hair um and and led also to i would say the most cinematic moment of the entire season where he's leaving because he has to go through the diary room door he leaves at the door and yinran's just sobbing and like going ah, as her hand is like pressed up against the glass door into the hallway it was like <laughs> it was like those you know those like horror like sci-fi movies where it's like the alien in like a spaceship or whatever and like the the, the they're like pre- like seeing somebody just be like ripped apart and you can't because you're like trapped or whatever it was that vibe well to me it was uh, this is not going to resonate to you but it will resonate to other people listening i hope from um i think it's uh star trek wrath of khan Mm. where spock dies okay and like he doesn't actually die like he ends up coming back because there's like i think the third movie is the search for spock or something but um in that movie spock is in like a a containment uh like a glass containment thing because like he's been exposed to some sort of virus or something Mm -hmm. and he's literally kirk is on one side captain kirk is on one side of the i think he's an admiral at that point um on one side of the glass and spock is on the other side and he's literally dying and they're like yeah best friends for like a long time and like um like they're literally like face to face as spock is dying on the other side of this glass and it was very much that well i was that that makes sense though because i was like it's either sci-fi movie yes. with like aliens or it's like some like contagion shit like uh, he, and that's both yeah <laughs> fits perfectly um but no it was it was that was emotional manipulation i mean i love it because big brother does that well um, but, oh yeah but yeah that was that was top notch but it was also cinematic because because Maddie just didn't react. No, not at all. He just like it, it's like that thing where you get like stabbed completely through your body from from behind, but it's off screen. Yeah, yeah. And and the face never twitches. It just like freezes there. <laughs> and then they zoom out and you see this giant like tree branch stuck through somebody, and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> it was that. <laughs> Oh God! Um, so and and so Jordan and like we get it uh, gets down to so Nucky goes fifth, Yin Run, then Henry, and then Jordan ends up. <laughs> Jordan, the, the, the I, I 
with Jordan, I couldn't expect any less, but his reaction to winning was so jarring. The way that he was just wandering around the house, got a snack. I think he went to the bathroom <laughs> or something. It was like while waiting for Olivia to do her her exit interview. Yeah. And then he comes out of the house. Fireworks and blasting Fireworks off. blasting. He's just like calmly walking down the thing. And then the first thing out of his mouth is, that's the music? Yeah. That's... That's not, That's not the, the song beat. I chose. That's not the song I chose. <laughs> and it's very just like, like him like celebrating is very just like fourth grader who's one like class president. Just being like, hello. Like, just like, like, yeah. like no tooth smile. Just like sort of like <laughs> so nonchalant. Um, what do you think about, so I wanted to ask you, cause I know this has been like a discussion point, like the last couple of weeks when we were talking about, um, big brother UK, but now that it's wrapped and now also with like the exit interviews and stuff like that, what do you think now about the Jordan Henry stuff? Cause I know you were a little suspicious at the very least. I, I think it is difficult when you have somebody that is, um, as dry and sarcastic as Jordan to mm. really suss out what is real from them and what is playful banter and what, like when you were with someone like that, it's a lot easier because there's an energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like on the TV screen, it doesn't fully translate. So you're not sure if his, if his repetitive assertion that they're platonic is real or if it's just him being playful. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's him being coy. You know? Like, you don't know. Um, and so that's what had me questioning it at first. But the fact that he was wearing his necklace. <laughs> <sighs> and also, can also jar, the jarring of having both their parents in the audience for, like, their evictions. And, like, asking, like, Henry's mom, like, do you approve? It's like... oh. They were apparently, the, the moms were buddied up at the after party. Oh, was it? Uh-huh. That makes sense, though. And also, I love, <laughs> it really was the react when they saw Henry's family, like, on his elimination. Like, that's a Tory family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that, like, every single one of them looked I, like Tiffany Trump. But I guarantee, <laughs> but I guarantee you that that makes sense. That makes me feel actually better because Henry's probably just a Tory out of just yeah. that complacency. Well, and that's what I was talking about earlier about the journey that Henry's gone through, right? It's not just about like the development between him and Jordan, but it's also about how in the house he has questioned the preconceived things that he's been told. And, yeah. and thought. because you can tell he's never put any thought into those things. Right. It's just, that's what he goes with because that's what he's been told and that's what his family does and that's what we're doing. I wish I wish they would have delved into that more in the exit interview. I mean, I think part of the reason they didn't want to do that was because it was also very clear that they were avoiding any mention of Trish. Yeah. Which I thought was ridiculous, to be fair. Yeah. I, like, people... UK fans have already pointed out the hypocrisy of like, oh, yeah, really, ITV, you're going to like take a stand because you don't want it to be like misrepresenting that you believe those things. But you're going to bring fucking Nigel Farage on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Give me a break. Yeah, because it's not. mm -mm. But it's like, and it was frustrating because like when they would like divert it off in interviews because like. Trish really did drive a lot of conversation in the house and a lot of, like, story plot points. Like, like, she was, like, the main character for most of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So that was a little like frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, here's the thing. Like I thought, I thought it was a good season overall. I really, I, I mean, it, 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 I saw some people being like, it wasn't like sort of like the, the big brother of old because it was a little sanitized in parts. It's definitely sanitized in, in parts. Cause they were definitely protecting some of the like more egregious bullshit that we heard about happened on live. Yeah. In that regard too. But also in, I would say just in the casting in general, even though yeah. there was like some moments of that, it was not a, it was not as confrontational as it used to be on Big Brother. Like mm. I, I need to show you some like Big Brother compilations where there it's literally just like Fight Club. Like at oh, certain points, it it's like they definitely skewed used to skew much more like like if if they could audition for like Bad Girls Club, they would be on there. Well, sure, but I think that also like people like like Andrew, sense- like Andrew Tate came from Big Brother. That Ugh. should tell you a lot. Like, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. But, like, you know what I mean, though? Like, society has changed its opinions on what they want to see. And a lot of people just don't want to see that shit anymore. Right. Um, Especially not in something that they're actively voting and keeping people, like, at a competition situation. Yeah. Something like Housewives, fine. Like, whatever. Be toxic, whatever. But, like, in a situation where people want... Then they're going to vote those people out early. So there's no benefit for people to be like that in that sort of realm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I get why that is no longer the vein that they go It's just in. not mainstream. Like, like yeah. I think there's there's people who want that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. People who probably watch Big Brother or just reality, reality TV for decades upon decades, probably are more in appeal to that. But in terms of a mainstream audience, they don't want to see that shit anymore. I think it's... Yeah, it's, and Big Big Brother UK has a big mainstream audience in the UK. Yeah, Like, yeah. it is, like, appointment viewing for most of the, the kingdom. Right. So I think it, you know, I think... I understand the decision, and I think it still ends up working because of the way the Big Brother is formatted in the UK. Yeah. There is so you because it is so like looking at like a science experiment almost, it can lend to sort of, you know, that kind of stuff. And as long as you still cast interesting people, it mm-hmm. works. There have been a lot of people that have questioned whether Trish will be casted on the upcoming season of Celebrity Big Brother UK. Oh, I I I don't think so. They've done it before to re to rehab a housemate's image right after they come out of the house oh, and yeah. put them back in mm. um i need to tell you about so there's a i i i almost wanted to sort of show you like old school big brother uk stuff it's harder because the seasons are so long and like, yeah. so extensive there was an amazing season of celebrity big brother in oh god it was like or like mid 2000s um oh so dumpster fire years got it yeah yeah yeah. um but but it was a great uh, it was a uh uh, Pete Burns' season, which was, oh. which was phenomenal. It's a great season. But the twist of the season was they put a regular person in the house with celebrities. And the challenge was that she had to pretend like she was a celebrity. Oh, no. And they, didn't, and they just didn't know who she was. Like, she was this, like, young blonde. That, like, she had to be like, yeah, I'm this, like, pop star who has, like, this, like, hit song or whatever. And she had to act that way throughout the entire fucking season. Okay, that's fabulous. That's a, like those those little twists like that I really love. Yeah, and, and, I, and I want Big Brother sort of like 
push the boundaries on that. Well, and especially if they, because I know on Celebrity Big Brother, they are, it's not always UK celebrities. There's, you know, like Tiffany Pollard was on there. Um, uh, we had uh, Michelle Visage was there. Yeah. If you're like, you know, sort of like C, C to D, like celebrity in the US, you can usually get on Big Brother. Stormy Daniels almost got on like yeah. the last uh, season for Celebrity before they rebooted it. Um, but yeah, so it's, they tend to, I wonder how the, I, I'm interested to see how the casting for Celebrity Big Brother is going to like shape out because it's, I think that's going to be more testament of how the show wants to go because that is more, it's harder to control those variables than to like, yeah. you know, do this extensive casting of like normal people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do also want to briefly mention, I did love the, um, um, it was it was so interesting also seeing like when you had like Noki come out and Yin Run come out they they made the, such the point to place like the more controversial people like directly in like camera shot of their interviews. Oh, it was so good. It was it was good uh, for the most part. Um, the, Tom's apology to Yin Run in the in the late and live, which I felt was a little like it could be it could I could just be overreading it. It did felt a little like you have to do this. It felt very much like the the five-year-old who's just been told by their mother okay now you tell them you're sorry yeah okay no that's not good enough you need to tell them why you're sorry but you were saying before we recorded like it could have been a case of just like he didn't real like he didn't realize and then saw all everyone on twitter here's the thing was like oh shit i am crazy i'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because not because he deserves it like he's a white dude i don't give a shit (laughs) But like, period. <laughs> but I feel like if you're a good person in a cr- in a pressure cooker, that's who you are. Right. If you're a bad person in a pressure cooker, that's just the tendency, and you may not. You may be a better person than that. And I mean, he did have the reputation, and Trish said it, like of being like a sheep, being like mm-hmm. a follower. And I do think Jenkin, and particularly Jenkin, and Paul, and Paul don't really get the credit or the um the, the credit's not the right word the scorn maybe of being the one that was influencing certain people i'm still yeah. not fully convinced that chanel yeah would have acted the way she did if like people weren't like because she had she had moments right where yeah. she was the go between where she was the person you know trying to make things work right and then she ended up towards the end of her stay being the ringleader on that side and it was like well what's happening yeah uh, so it was very confusing, and I wasn't quite sure with Chanel. I hope because I really liked her at the beginning of the season, so I really hope that's not who she is. And again, I am willing to give people the benefit of the doubt if they end up being a bad person on reality television, especially this sort of reality television. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, I trust that who I saw Trish to be in the house is more indicative of who she is than some some shitty tweets, even if they're recent. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the same thing. Like, that same sort of um, benefit of the doubt that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that was Big Brother. Um, Really good season overall. Uh, Let's jump in now to some of our thoughts of what we've been watching in the drag race realm, uh, because right now we've got 
uh, we've had Drag Race UK going on for quite a good bit, as well as uh, Canada's Drag Race recently just starting um, with their uh, first episode this past week. Um, what are we thinking so far? I've, I, I particular. I mean, it's hard to get the sense of of Canada right now because it's one episode, right. and also it was, I, I I have some thoughts. But um, I really like UK this season. I actually, oh, yeah. I actually think it's been a good group of queens this season. I mean, despite having the creeper in the background. Oh, my disapp- God. Can we talk about that? Because, like... Stop acting like your casting department isn't shit. <laughs> if you fuck up and cast someone shitty on your show, eat it. Eat it. <laughs> you have to just let it play out. I mean, here's the thing. It was impressive from an editing standpoint. Oh, for sure. From, you almost couldn't even see that bitch. I didn't realize... We watched the first episode, and I didn't even realize there was a controversy until I was on Twitter afterwards. Yeah. It, it Like, I, you would not have fucking known there was another queen in there. Like, and the fact that they just had all of those shots where she was perfectly lined up behind someone else doing a lip sync, yeah. or where she was... You know, perfectly in the middle of the group, so they could just cut to yeah. one side of the line or the other. Well, also it was like when the first couple of lip syncs of the season were happening, I was like, "Oh, they're trying this like new thing where it's like the side camera instead of like the main like front facing camera." Uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, that's why." It was just because like, th- then it shifted back to the normal way, <laughs> right? So, for me personally, I don't want you to do this where you act like this person didn't exist. Yeah. If Willem had to be dog walked off for her season for breaking the rules, then everybody else should have to, too. They never should have done it with Sherry Pie. The, no. Sherry Pie should have been let to be through the season. Give us an, a... Let a, us know a, that she's disqualified. Let us know fully that she's disqualified and this is why. And then when we get to the finale, that it's a live finale, we know why she's not there. If she is genuinely going to be there otherwise, fine. Like, we just know that she's not going to be there because she's disqualified. And, you know, if she's in the top three or the top four or whatever, then the person who is eliminated before that gets to be in that finale. Because it doesn't even have to be a thing of, like, you, well... We don't want to be it seem as though we're paying these people and that we're supporting them. It's like put clauses in your fucking contract to where we can revoke your fucking pay if you violate our um right like, the morality clause or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But like don't do it like Sherry Pie because because when she was still there and wasn't appearing in the challenges it, and then she just won at the end of the episode and we were like, Okay, I guess. Like But it's like it's it's um, it's frustrating because we're like, okay, did that person deserve to go home that went home? Cause we can't actively judge this show as a viewer yeah. when we're not getting the challenges in full, when we're not getting the, like, I, it's not fair I, here's to the, the thing, viewer. And, and this is going to get like, sort of like, don't, I mean, don't cancel me, whatever. But it's like, I get the instinct of like what happened with the Jerry pie thing of the right. choice the instinct of the decision. I but also I, understand in situations like with the Disney runway where Disney was Disney like, was like we, no. you can't even show her in the look. We do not want her associate. That one I understand. And that, cause that's, that's a higher power that's like coming down on you. And I get that also now that at that point, add another disclaimer. Yeah. But like, I just feel like the instinct of like, even like fans that were sort of being like, 
I like even the like, that the idea that it would be insulting to even show Sherry Pie's presence on the show because there are survivors of sexual assault and and of you know and of these kind of like sexual harassment things like I think I think there is enough people that understand the nuance that they can see the visual of somebody and it's and understand that it's not rewarding that person and understand and still move about society right i don't and i'm saying that i'm I'm being very careful with that because i don't want to be like you know you know shitting on these people but it's like well here's the thing what they ended up doing what world of wonder did was something that's not actually a trauma-informed approach as someone who works with survivors of sexual assault i can tell you the choice should be in the in the survivor's hands we should not be taking the choice away from them and saying well it is in your best interest to not show her on the show no you give them a you inform the viewer and let them make the choice if someone wants to not watch the show that season that is within their prerogative, right. and they should be able to make that choice freely. They should not have that choice taken away from them by editors and who I, say, you don't get a choice. We're just going to cut this person out of the season, make it hella awkward for everybody, yeah. which is actually, to me, highlighting it more and making it more of an issue Exactly. than it would be to just put a disclaimer and then play the show as normal. Like, the, it... What it does is it says, survivor, you don't know enough about, you know, what's going to trigger you to be able to make this decision. Right. So we're going to do the same thing that your attacker did, which is take your choice away. Yeah. The whole thing is consent. If someone consents to watching the show, knowing what is in it, then that is on them. They get to make that choice. Right. And even if it's one, if it's a retaliatory choice of punishing the show for, hey, you let this slip through your fucking casting department. Then that's the point where I'm, again, eat it. Yeah, exactly. You fucked up. It's, it, it's really not, like, like, you need to take some, like, they need to take some ownership in certain regards of that. And it's not, and when I say that, I don't mean, like, I don't think Drag Race is seeking out fucking these types of people quite frankly i think other reality shows do a much worse job in terms of actively seeking problematic and and disgusting people and then also wiping their hands big brother us um but Uh but like yeah i just don't understand the the logic of it like i said impressive from an editing standpoint how they did it on uk well but and the the polar opposite though on again on cbs from what big brother did which is what happened on Survivor. A couple of seasons ago, we had a guy that was uh, on one of the tribes that was, like, making some really fucking disgusting comments and things to some and, of the women on the tribe. And, and they handled it on the show. Yeah, and violating, like, sort of, like, personal space and sort of, like, that sort of vibe. Like, the producers got involved. We saw all of that happen on screen. Right. And so, at that point, me as a viewer... I trust 
Like if I were to go on Survivor, I trust that if I were in that situation, it would be handled appropriately. As opposed to on Drag Race, I don't know if it would be handled appropriately because I've never seen you do it. I've only seen you do it after the fact. Yeah. As opposed to someone like Willem, which I don't want to like compare her to these people because she's not the same. No, I know. But she's but she was removed from the show, right? Actively during the shooting of the show, she was removed. And it was from it was from some stupid fucking rule break reason, and it was dumb. Like she probably wouldn't have even been kicked off the show today if what happened then happened today. So like it's dumb. It's so incredibly dumb. But she gets labeled as the one person who got kicked off of the show when all of these other people deserve to have that happen to her and Willem never did. Willem was standing up for the other queens on the show and making sure that they were treated properly and she was removed for the show for that reason but on paper it was because oh you left and then came back even though like whatever shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, It it just I I don't as much as like that Survivor season that you mentioned wasn't the greatest in terms of that and was like it, it made them I mean it made them reform their policy in terms of like certain right things. but like you said I think it was valuable for them to air it out there as they did and also like and, and that that requires I will say in the, in the survivor case direct communication with the victim right like like, like you, you have they have to they have to be consenting in terms in terms of what they're showing and their voice should be involved in yes. what is being shown 100 percent don't get me wrong but I think that is more commendable to actually sh- show your faults in that way as, a, as right. a show as opposed to like editing around and sort of like hiding shit as much as possible. That's just me. Um, but like, yeah. So like, let's get into the actual season. Too. <laughs> like, like um, but, but, but other than that, really great uh, season of, of Drag Race UK, I think, especially so far. Um, a lot of really talented queens um, and, and a elimination order that I think hasn't been expected i think it was nice to sort of like get certain the we're down to top four right now and i wouldn't say it was necessarily the top four i expected when things were shaking out yeah i will say that two of them are the people i expected to be there uh Ginger and uh michael maruli like i expected both of them to be in the top yeah, I I really like I also really like Tamara. I think I've I've been really impressed with sort of her. She is genuinely very funny and has this great sort of like stage presence and quality to her that I really like. I I've just been shocked that Caramel did not do as well as she did, or Caramel uh, didn't do as well as she. I really because the top four for me would have been Ginger, Michael, Kate Butch, and Vicky Vivacious. Sure, Kate. I mean, I. I really would have loved Kate. Like, I, Can I, we talk about the bullshit this last episode yes. of Kate being eliminated? But I will say, like, the right to me, like, throughout the season, I was like, oh, God, the writing's on the walls for Kate. Because I, I think they weren't giving her the edit that she deserved in many ways. Yes. Like, I think they were, they were rewarding her when they needed to reward her. Is her I mean, are her looks not the, the greatest all the time? Yeah. You know, it, they're not, like, sort of these extravagant sort of pieces. But she is... I would say she's one of the more genuinely funny people on the show. That it, just drag race in general in a good while. Yeah. Like I don't, I, 
like in terms of just she could be a comedian. Yeah. Like she has that sort of comedic timing that she's not just drag race funny because drag race funny is very different sometimes. Right. And drag race funny could be very waka waka like you know elbow to the ribs sort of thing. Yeah, she can structure a joke. And right. She, and she also tells not the same joke that you would expect with drag right. race over and over and over again. Um, and she she was great. Um, I think yeah. I, let's rant. Let's rant about the bullshit that is the makeover challenge slash the family resemblance challenge. Kill the makeover challenge. It's the worst don't, fucking challenge actually, on Drag Race. Don't kill the makeover challenge. Get rid of the family resemblance aspect because that's bullshit. Sure, but it's like that's the thing. It's like this, like the skill. I feel like this has been ranted on not just by us but by multiple people. The skill that you are testing in this challenge should be the ability to do makeup on another person. That should be the challenge. And if the challenge is just make twins, then that's really fucking easy. Cause you just got to bring matching outfits. And I think what was frustrating me as much as I love uh, Tamara, like she put like some lip gloss on her girl and she, she had a, a, um, I don't, is she, um, does she identify as a female? I can't remember. As she, as far as we know, she was a cis woman. As, as far, yeah. I, if I'm wrong, then that then I misremembered. Um, but like she had a cis woman who she she put some lip gloss on and like a you know she wasn't that extravagantly in drag and it wasn't just because she was a cis woman because Kate Butch also had seem uh, from my, my understanding. Sorry. I don't think I don't think her person was no, a cis no, woman. No, right, right, right. That, I think, uh, what was her name? Oh, or Zan. their name? Zan. Because you I think, like Zan to do. I think Zan is non-binary. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I want to be respectful. Um, but like, but basically put no makeup on her. And like, so, but because they had the same outfit in corresponding colors, they were praised over Kate Butch, who actually put her partner in full drag. Right. Extensively. But because they were going to the same, like, because they were both doing a grease thing and one of them was like, you know, one, like Kate had like the, um, um, the, the pink lady, is it pink lady? What is the, yeah. Oh. And like, and, um, her partner was more, had like the, uh, classic 60s skirt and stuff like that because the, the silhouettes were not the same. They got punished. Well, what's, what's frustrating is that both of those looks are in Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pink light, like, if you take just Sandy, right? Sandy, during the majority of the show, is the makeover look. In that it's the, the, the jacket of the pink ladies with the skirt and more of a demure, girly kind of look. Right. And then you get Sandy, or that was the uh, Sandra D. And then you get Sandy at the end. Who is like the... Or the very least, Kate was doing... I mean, it was like the Pink Lady's jacket, but was doing like John Travolta. Sort of. Well, but it was was Olivia Newton-John at the end of the movie where she's wearing the pants, where she's got like the really cool updo, like all of that, where she's had the makeover in the very final moments. Right, right, right. Uh, So, I mean, they were doing the same character. Literally the same character... From the same film, and that wasn't a good, a close enough resemblance. 
fuck you. And it wasn't just Kate. They also did. I didn't like that. They did it with Dee Dee Licious as well, even though Dee Dee's kind of been saving herself with the lip syncs and, and probably should go home. Like, I was so frustrated because it was just like, well, they're not twins. It's like it, they, there's no family resemblance. They're clearly going to the same party. Like they're they're clearly going to the same office party. The sure. colors are different, and the cut of the dress is slightly different. But the embellishments are the same. The 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 the. I will say for Dee Dee, I got it. I got why. Oh they, please. Okay. The the <laughs> the reason is the only thing really tying those two dresses together is that they were both eighties. Other than that, they have the gold lining and the. But here's the thing: family resemblance is bullshit. It is. He, like, if we're talking about a normal family, not necessarily a drag family. Right. Okay, let's put that part aside for a second. We'll get back to it. <laughs> so if we're talking about a regular family, I I don't know about you, but I never dressed like the rest of my family. Nope. <laughs> I never looked like the re- Like, I look like my mom in, like, facial structure and whatnot. I can see more of my dad these days. But, like, we, like... As far as... But uh, that's physical aesthetic, and that's about makeup. Right. That's not, like, style. Also, in a drag family, I don't know if you realize this, but um, Laganja Estranja and Alyssa Edwards and Shangela all have very different looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alyssa Edwards is both of those other two ladies' drag mother. They don't look the same. Right. They, they, their aesthetics are very different. Their makeup is very different. The only thing that is the same is sometimes you will hear an Alyssaism come from Shangela and Laganja. They will like sometimes. But they're all southern. Sure, but it's very specific in that it's an Alyssaism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things that when you spend a lot of time around somebody, you start speaking each other's phrases. Yeah. So like. That I understand, but that is not a part of this challenge. There's no vocal spoken anything there. Right. It's just aesthetic. And I'm sorry, aesthetics don't copy over from person to person. It's not how that works. Right. Like, it's a bullshit challenge. The challenge should be being able to put someone into drag and bring forth their drag aesthetic. Not putting my drag aesthetic on them because my drag aesthetic is not going to work for everybody because not everybody else is me. I think we've already said this on the show before that it just basically should be like secret celebrity drag race. Yes. Where you're – it's it's to, to, to create a drag queen out of this person and, and right. take info from them of their life story or like whatever. Because at least like, the, like uh, you know, I know you critique the makeup a little bit. But, like, Michael Marulli's, at the very least, like, it was informed by the person that they were working with and their story about, you know, being an older uh, gay person surviving through the AIDS crisis and, right. so, and all that stuff. And it informed the actual – what the presentation was. Right. Um, and I, I just – yeah, I just think, like, that matters way fucking more than – <laughs> wearing similar outfits, which again, you bring, we know at this point that you bring them from home. Right. Also, I am really fucking insulted that didn't tomorrow win this challenge. No, Michael did. Okay. So, but tomorrow was still like highly praised 
and she was praised with that fucking wig line on her makeover. Oh, Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> there was a lot. There was an exposed lace. Definitely. It was. It was so. It wasn't even just exposed lace. You could see the front edge of that woman's hair. Mm-hmm. Like it had slipped back so far that not only had it pulled her makeup away, and you could see the difference between the makeup and her skin tone, and then her hair. And then the lace and then the wig. Yeah. Like it was like all of that going on on her forehead. But then it also it looked crunchy. Like it did not look like there was any sort of smoothing to that makeup. It was crusty and cr- it was like, bitch, when was the last time you cleaned this lace? Right. Like at that point, it's like, how is that not in the bottom? How is a simple skirt suit? Not in the bottom. Right. And honestly, I was I was more mad that they didn't praise Kate for the makeup job they did that Kate did on her partner, which I thought was stunning. And I think they said maybe a comment about it, but it was like Kate has been critiqued early in the season for makeup and has significantly improved on it. Right. And 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 had one of the I would say the best makeup jobs. Uh, to their partners of the five yeah so like also kate made those jackets we saw her rhinestoning that shit in the workroom right um and tamara got those at you know (laughs) h&m i thought we didn't do h&m on the runway anymore brew yeah I, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we were frustrated. I thought kate should have stayed. I don't think kate would have won. I just think that they didn't and it's so frustrating when they don't see the star. Like it's so like how do you not? And it's not like they didn't. It's not like they know sell Kate throughout the season. They laughed at her jokes. They like well, but they almost did because they she only just got a a badge last week, right? Yeah, um, it was frustrating. But so we're down to our of the final four that we have now. Who are you? I would say most rooting for Ginger. I'm, I'm for me it's Michael. I I I like Ginger as well. Like I just don't know I don't know about the full range of their potential so to speak. It's it, it's so weird that they have the most badges. They have 3, but I do feel like their potential is a little stagnant in parts. Like like explain. To, I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I genuinely don't. It's just a vibe that I get that it's like I don't know if I've seen their full potential to where I feel like I've seen so many different things from Michael and 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 an ability to kind of shock me in many ways. Like when it like they, I think, have the most like impressive. I've had the, I've loved their runways the most, Michaels. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of just like I wouldn't even expect you to go that far with this and the and the decision and the way that your brain works in terms of delivering it to where ginger i think is really good and she's clearly talented i think she's just a little more classic drag and like a little expected in certain regards Uh, maybe but like i also feel like but also a great person yeah i I love ginger and i also think that i also think ginger is trade of the season oh i think so too like michael michael is kind of trade for a certain type Right, like, like Michael's, like has that sort of like sort of um, old school gay vibe in in many yeah. ways. Um, I like Tamara a lot. I think she's very talented. I think I don't know if she's the place in which to win the competition. No, like, especially not Dee Dee. No, Dee Dee ain't winning shit. Yeah, Dee Dee's kind of the the 
Jomber's Blonde of the... <laughs> the they, they do that on UK a lot where they have the person that they bring... They have a, a dud. They have a person they bring... And, and they're not bad, but it's like there's a person they bring a little too far that just can't win. Yeah. Like, I would say, like, the Ellie Diamond as well, like, was sort of similar. But where, see, I felt like Ellie at least, like, deserved to be in the final, even though she didn't deserve to win. She did deserve to be in the final. I don't know that Dee Dee deserves to be here. Yeah. I felt like Dee Dee should have gone home several times. I also feel like Drag Race over, um, over emphasizes the importance of, of a lip sync. Look, the lip sync for your life is probably the most iconic part of the show other than a snatch game Mm -hmm. but if your ass is that crusty consistently go home yeah but here's the thing i don't think dd's crusty i actually don't i think she just isn't as good as the rest of the competition i don't look or or not even that's that's even like i think she just Everyone's doing a little better than she is. But I'm talking about more in terms of the challenges. Her right. looks are on point. She can beat a mug like nobody's business. I will give her her props where they are due. She is not a good actress. She is not a good comedian. She is not like all the actual challenges that are not look based. She has not done well in. Yeah. And like I've also felt like they've put people in the bottom and this is a consistent issue with drag race. They put people in the bottom that don't deserve to be there because they think the lip sync will be better. Yeah. I yeah, to a certain extent. And and she is a great lip syncer. I think she's delivered like I would say the the two lip syncs she's been in they've been like the best of the season. Especially the one with Kate, which I thought could have been a double. Like and I think would have made a lot of sense. But they couldn't do that because they'd already done like two are... episodes where they didn't send somebody home <laughs> earlier in the season. Right. Like, well, and look, the people revolted last season when nobody went home for like half the season. But that's different. That is different because you they, they already slotted out those episodes. Right. You know what I mean? Like this one, you had the case where they, because they, they did a, they did a, lip sync for the win the first episode when the mysterious person was still there but then because the mysterious person went home they did another win for the lip sync like episode three Uh and to me it's like save the double save yeah i don't think they've ever i mean they did i think maybe once have done a double save on uk yeah like save the fucking like that's like i don't know because i mean again to go back and point to how they handled it when it was willem have a lip sync for your life and then out of the blue go, <laughs> hey, motherfucker, we deci- we found out you was a creepy ass motherfucker. Get the fuck out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And both of you are safe. I, and now that going back to that conversation about like showcasing those people and like sort of presenting them. I also think they got they they kind of didn't do that in. Remember in Down Under, they had the one queen who had yeah. blackface and they kind of were just like. So we found out midway through the season, apparently, that you had blackface. And let's address it now. And then we're just going to move on. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they can't figure out how they're going to handle something like that. And it's like, just do it honestly. Yeah. Stop trying to save face. Just handle it like an ethical person. Right. Like, when you know, you do something. <laughs> you, you can't act. Because what happens this season on UK is we end up with a situation where 
they're acting like it never happened. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, our hands are clean. They weren't ever on screen. We're not even going to tell you what her name was. And that would be one thing in, like, years ago. Or, like, decades ago. Before the internet existed. <laughs> like, Right. Well, the thing is, is that I, I, I still don't know what her name is. I don't know what this person looks like. So I would have to go search out information. I would have to, number one, know that that happened. Right. And then go search out that information to make sure that I knew who I wasn't going to support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As opposed to if it just happened on the show and they told us, hey, this is what happened. Then I could, as a viewer, as a casual viewer who doesn't want to go do research, right? I then know, oh, great. Thank you for informing me of this. Thank you for informing me of this person in our community. That's the responsible thing to do. Right. You inform your viewers. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, let's also talk quickly, though, about Canada's drag race as well. Um, I guess in sort of the same conversation. Like I said, there's not as much to talk about. And we uh, don't have a sex pest on, on the screen that's either. That's true. Um, uh, I like the... I, uh, well, I don't know about this season. Also, they keep... Te- they, so they spend, like, all the build-up teasing this, like, big sort of, like, the game is about to change thing. Like, we're changing the format, seemingly, um, which I guess they still are, but... It, it's going to be next episode. But they, I don't know why they didn't drop it the first episode. Because they wanted to do the lip sync for, for the win, the first episode. Yeah, but I feel... Uh, I, I feel like that they're going to start doing that from now on because people like to have... People have complained about the first queen going home. We don't get to see them enough. Yeah, I guess. So they hold on to them for an extra week, that first week. they So that way people can actually perform without the stress of going home and we get to see a genuine performance. Yeah. And what did you think? Because I guess they did it both on UK and Canada of yeah. that of the judging of the entrance looks in the like yeah. sort of general, I kind of like that. Like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of sucks to spring that on people where yeah. it's like, they haven't necessarily prepared but, for that. But also bitch, if your entrance look is not judgeable, what are you doing? I mean, Melinda Vergas was definitely, I feel like she should have switched <laughs> if she had more knowledge. Cause the, that rainbow jumpsuit with the, not great hairline. <laughs> uh, and not great makeup. No. And, and maybe it was because it just wasn't painted for the workroom lights. Yeah. Fine. It's a little too gray. Like, she, yeah. like I don't know what it is. Very pretty out of drag. Yes. I'll say that. Um, but so apparently they, they saw it. We saw in the preview for next week. There's something with this like golden beaver thing. It makes it seem like, I, to me, I just feel like it's going to be a thing where like, they eliminate each other again like it's all stars i which i don't know if it's smart i think it's more gonna be like a a disadvantage thing or a sabotage thing Mm. i'm fine with that like have them fuck with each other without actually you know what i bet it is what if it's they every week there's a bottom three right they because normally they like top three bottom three whatever but if you win and you have the golden beaver you pick who is saved right and then they lip Ooh, that's cool i like that i i actually like that i think that that gives some 
some choice to the queens without having to get their hands dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get to do a good thing instead of a bad thing. So I like that. I like that aspect. I will say this. Canada actually has done a good job of casting, like, sort of, like, good reality personalities along with good queens. Like, the people who are, like, a little bit shady here. and I I really think, like, Fierce Delicious changed the game last season, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we can still go back to this where it's, like, you're a a villain, quote-unquote. Even though I don't don't think she was a villain. I think she was just a very big character. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I think... I, I would love to see that sort of more going forward. Um, they do like, so they did like the, again, it's like, it's essentially a ball where they do like their entrance look. They do like this, like stripped, uh, what it's like showgirls performance where uh-huh. they get to show their burlesque type thing. Yeah. And they could, could do what they want with it. And then they get a final, like sort of finale. Look, I will say my clear favorite, early on is the girlfriend experience who oh, yes. is gorgeous and as me stunning and if if i like saw her stuff on like tiktok as she was announced for the season and like my because she gets like she really is a i mean the showgirl challenge was like perfect for her because mm-hmm. she gets like fully naked in her performances like, oh yeah like like not just like 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 and the i mean the body is phenomenal Great having like a trans icon like that on, yeah. and and you, I feel like Brooklyn's gonna love her. Oh like, yeah, when, when she's giving Brooklyn vibes. Very Brooklyn, very like, much so. Like in the in the showgirls thing, like the way she would just like sort of like lay her body on the ground and like whip her hair and sort of yeah. know her angles. Like I feel like Brooklyn would really appreciate that. Yeah, there's a dancer aspect to it, even though I don't know if she has any dance background, but it's like that. It, she's a performer yeah like she knows exactly what to do to elicit the exact response she wants it's also very uh reminiscent of uh uh Gigi Gigi good yeah 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 love her I still need to see her back on an all-stars. So, but like for, in the case of the girlfriend experience. Who has since transitioned, right? Yes, 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 yes. Um, She definitely has to do Nomi Malone for a Snatch Game. Oh. Because that is. Clearly. That's just her essence. Like it's. Has to. Yeah. Um, I also really like, I like denim. Uh, Great having another trans man uh, represented on the show. Um, definitely sort of in that kooky or like sort of like mm-hmm. high concept vibe that that runway look with the cowl and the was a lot it was utterly ridiculous yeah this it was some adult swim like um, <laughs> you know that show squidbillies it was it was like plucked out of that it was great uh, uh it was really really good i think they'll definitely be uh bringing a lot of looks um, we also had um, Kitten Caboodle, who's the old oldest queen across franchises to compete. She's 57. Right. Uh, I mean, doing drags. I mean, when she said, like, she really put in the sense of, like, I've been doing drag since the 80s. It's like, wow. Like, yeah. fuck. Wow. Um, but it's, I mean, it, it's important to showcase that, I think, in many ways, because I do think there is that tendency to just skew younger and younger and sort of more modern. Right. And And so much, so much of... Mo- not to downgrade people i'm sure everyone has their own style um but so much of modern drag is very similar yeah so much of modern drag is very much just be a just be a pop icon yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you have an entire season of of ariana grande's and dua lipa's then it's kind of hard to differentiate people yeah. from each other. Or that like that have like the mistress Isabel Brooks face. Right. That, that have that very like sort of like highly, you know, structured, like, 
you know, different shapes face, which is, but it's, which is great, but it's very common. Right. And there's nothing particularly unique about it. Right. That can be difficult. Um, I also, I, I don't know what your sense is. I really liked Venus. I, the more the episode went on, I liked her. Yes. I like Venus in concept. I will say I thought that entrance look was booger as fuck. <laughs> Twitter hated that. And, and hated that they got that Venus got the one of the three uh, rosebuds. Absolutely bonkers. Um, I do love that she's a bulge positive queen. Yeah. Fuck yes. More of that, please. Because there are plenty of people who are who have penises who have no problem with you knowing that they have a penis in yeah. in drag or out, and it's very refreshing to see. There, there not be a shame around that because it used to be for especially on Drag Race for so long the tuckability even on UK in this last episode there was a comment about a meaty tuck being a bad thing yeah and I was like I thought we were kind of past this Rue I thought we were kind of moving past judging someone's ability to tuck or not or whether they wanted to tuck or not like right. come on it's twenty fucking twenty three. There, there's non-binary queens. There are people who are trans women who don't have a problem with their penis and keep it. And that's fine. Good for them. Yeah. And also, like, I, I, I will say I, I was kind of, like, side-eyeing the, the entrance look, I will say. I thought once we got to her runway look that she presented. Yes. I thought, I was like, okay, I can see this now. Because she does have actually a very striking face like i think like there was something about her makeup in the entrance look that just was like very lacking in terms and, and when i'm saying lacking i mean in terms of like there wasn't a lot of makeup on her it felt like yes and on the runway it definitely translated a lot more yeah and she does have this like sort of model quality to her that i yeah. really love and and really appreciate i also really enjoyed near enough mm. I, despite having the issue with her burlesque look in the in the middle part of the ball, um, like because she was missing the bottom half of that costume, yeah, like I still thought that she did very well. I thought her runway look was phenomenal. Like, Remind me of her runway look. I completely forgot. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, to be, to be completely honest, I also forgot I just, what it was. I, I just remember really liking it. I just remembered her entrance look, which was the Marilyn, um, like the um, the blonde, the pink, like sort of blonde. I liked that one a lot. I too. liked it, but it didn't fit her well. That's fair. Like her her. Um, I I am not someone who likes the whole. We're gonna wear a corset over a flat chest, but we're not gonna make sure that. The boy chest is not like I I don't know. It's weird because I was just praising someone for embracing the bulge, and then over here I'm like, no, but I need titties. Right, but I just don't. But it depends on what your intention is. Right, like, I think that is what it really is at the end of the day. Um, what was her <laughs> her runway look that you? Uh, I don't remember. I'm so angry that I don't remember. Like but you it remember just, you liked it. I remember I loved it, not just liked it, loved it. Hold on. We'll we'll get. Uh, We'll get back into to, to that. Um, I also thought, to, in terms of looks, I, I think Kiki Ko I really love. When she, like, noted how she had done looks also for, like, past season, and she did that fucking, um, 
Isis Couture's look for when she like passed the crown on with that oh, giant. Right. F- f- it was I that was, like, was that, such a fucking good look. That was genuinely impressive, and so it's good to see that having someone with that design background who had done all that stuff for other people see how they do on their own. I like that story in certain uh, certain respects. Um, I thought she, uh, yeah, I thought she was really, really impressive. I think this should be an interesting cast. Like I said, I'm interested to see like how the stuff plays out with, um, all the, the, the twists and stuff like that. They just made it seem like it was so big. And I was like, I well, the fact that I'm like still waiting, I'm like, I, you know, there was going to be some like game changing thing. I just don't think necessarily that it like translated, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see what that's going to end up being. Uh, it's just, mm. yeah. Um, well, we'll get back to what, whether I can't <laughs> find. There's no pictures anywhere. The wiki that I had pulled up had no pictures of the look. I remember her be having a very. I remember her getting very positive critiques on that look. I remember like her face being beat to the gods and being absolutely stunning. I feel like there was like. Mo- like maybe mostly white look and of course it's not on her instagram either great awesome anyways <laughs> it's not anywhere can't can't see it sorry anyways but that was our thoughts on the drag race diaspora um uh for this week uh we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of married to medicine don't go anywhere Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can combine that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com.
Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's head on down to the ATL where the strippers aren't the only ones with their cracks getting exposed on Married to Medicine. <laughs> Married to Medicine for this week. Uh, by the way, <laughs> in the interim of the commercial break, do you want to point out that near enough look that you loved? Yes, it was the it was the Cindy Lauper look with the with the like the the ginger wig that's like super spiky and like a. a uh, what what's it called? A mullet type Cindy Lauper, Joan Jett type look, mm. and then she had like the the graffiti like black and white uh, jacket with. The, I loved it. Absolutely stunning, beautifully like put together. The only critique of that is the fact that again she was like doing the exposed corset look all the way through every look in the ball, but. You know, that's such a tiny little nitpick thing that I don't give a fuck. I thought I thought that look was fucking amazing. Anyway, Married to Medicine. <laughs> now that that's out of the way. Uh, Married to Medicine. I love this episode of Married to Medicine. I'm still buzzing about it. I really am. Like, this, like, god damn, this show is so fucking good. This encapsulated everything I love about this fucking show in terms of the, like, high moments, the low moments, the, like like the humor the comedy like no one is fucking doing it like them yeah and like it's so impressive how they're able to just execute when we were talking about potomac last week we had that kind of discussion about like the use of like editing tricks Mm -hmm. it's not needed they never have to do that on married to medicine absolutely not because these women bring it every single person on this cast is a pitch hitter yeah like it's great so fucking good. Um, we start the episode and we see... That's a sports metaphor for those of you who have no clue what sports are, like me. <laughs> like but most, I know the term pitch hitter. I like, know that's a thing. Like most of our target audience, probably. <laughs> um, the episode starts and we're seeing that so Toya is like preparing because her and Phaedra are throwing a pamper party for uh, Sweet Tea for her wedding. Um, essentially like a bachelorette. Which really just gets run, get rubbed on by menses. Yeah, and then Cecil and Eugene are the two that are organizing the bachelor party. Uh, for- Which is just get rubbed on by women's is. yes for dr greg um and that oh we'll get to it it plays out so it was everything i wanted <laughs> um i don't know that i needed that exposure um on the stripper van like we literally it went there it we literally had bits getting blurred out like like a lot of bits and like they were i mean good thing there were doctors on board because it's like holy shit I, I just I can't. It's like you it's could, a lot. It's like you get your strippers uh, session and your colonoscopy done in the same like session. <laughs> apparently, uh, like if they had had Simone, they could have had a gynecology visit right there. On the, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, it was a lot. Um, speaking of Simone, though, so we go to Jackie's uh, practice and Simone stops by so they can have lunch. And I was like, oh my! I it feels like forever since we've had a Simone Jackie lunch scene. Yes, like those were so good in like especially the early season. Oh yeah, like it was. It's just basically their shit talk session, and I like I love every part of. Um, Jackie's telling like this longer story about how she had a patient come in, uh, thinking it was like a yeast infection, but it's like, nope, it's actually an STD. And, and the, like, what did she say is like, you know, I'm at the, I feel like I'm in like cheater sometimes where it's like, they want to come back and like fight their man who was like (laughs) sleeping out with somebody else. The uh, test results have come back and you do have gonorrhea. (laughs) But (laughs) somebody runs down the hallway with the camera chasing them, you know? Oh god, I, I we, maybe that's something we need to like. I used to love old episodes of Cheaters. Cheaters used to be fucking great. <laughs> like it was, it like, was like a television. Cheaters mixed mixed with like uh, a Maury mixed with like 
Montel Williams, all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. God, those were the days. Um, Simone uh, brings up that, like, Sweet Tea is really struggling with, like, the wedding and stuff like that. Jackie says, Sweet Tea is more like Nutrasweet now. <laughs> um, Shade. And then Simone, so Simone's basically like, yeah, she says she's really, like, stressed out. Kind of what she, she mentioned to Simone last episode. She said that uh, she had asked her about getting an assistant because, like, she's like, well, because Greg likes dinner, you know, and he expects, like, dinner on the table every day. And so I would need somebody to, like, get groceries and, like, cook. And Simone is very much, like, side-eyeing, like, and this was, it was definitely, this was definitely the back in my day of period for Simone and Jackie where they were, like, the idea that you would get an assistant. To, like she was like I had to juggle medical school and fucking two kids and all this stuff and still had to get food on the goddamn table How sure but you? you shouldn't have to no that's true like well and the thing is is that she's working full time from home so if she's working all day from home like cause she works for the US government right 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 so if she's working all day every day from home how is she supposed to also plan a wedding and also get food on the table by the time her husband comes home and make sure that she is grocery shopping and make sure that she's all these things? Here's an idea that also, though. Maybe Greg can cook? No. <laughs> you're like, no, absolutely not. No, I wouldn't want his cooking. You could, I, you're right. You couldn't trust him. <laughs> can, can you imagine him coming in from, from work every day and having to cook? And then he's like, I don't know why I got to come in here and cook. <laughs> well, you've been home all day. He sounds like fucking Elmo. That is such a good grant. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, but I keep waiting for him to like scream about Rocco, like not being real. <laughs> like it's just, it's. Uh. But like, I understand it also. Like, I understand the frustration that it kind of also falls. Part of it is just like Greg has a certain view of how a wife should operate. Yes, and, and I think because of that, you get a lot put on your lap in that regard. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Quad got done with it, so oh know, yeah, I feel like Sweet Tea might. Well, we'll we'll see uh, in this. The next Sweet Tea might sour. Yeah, um, we see the Heavenly going out to eat with Sweet Tea. Um, I love she walks in heavily. Goes, you look so pretty. You got on your sombrero, and she has a fucking cowboy hat on. It's like a sombrero, heavenly. <laughs> I mean, technically, sombrero just means hat. I mean, yes, but like the heavenly doesn't know that. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, she will get. To, we'll, she barely knows how to make spaghetti. We'll get to that because that triggered the fuck out of me. <laughs> that whole scene. Uh, um. The wedding is apparently like a week away, which is again, it's just like it was. It's apparently barreling in terms of filming, um, and they had to change venues, like because I guess they were on like a rooftop originally, but there was gonna rain, so now they had to like completely change venues, and like Sweetie's freaking out about that. Yeah, it's just like fuck that. We like <laughs> we had it. Tell, paid... tell them our issue that we had with our wedding. Okay, because it is such a like so, when I hear stories like this, I'm like, we had. Um, we had our wedding on the shore of, um, you know, uh, the big, uh, White Rock Lake in Dallas where we used to live. And, you know, in order to have a permit to have an event there, we had to go pay like a $75 like thing at we met the city. The, we met this delightful old lady. It was the, so nice, but that building was hard to find. Yes. We drove around forever trying to find that building that she was in. 
But anyway, she paid like $75 to reserve the space. Apparently in the fine print of the reservation, it said that we didn't have exclusive use of the space. So when we got there on our wedding day, literally walking in to get married, there was a circus tent (laughs) set up. With burlesque dancers in it. Which, not mad at, necessarily, but just not for that event. It, not, was, it was not what we wanted for our wedding. So we literally had to relocate last second, not even last minute, last second. As people are arriving, we had to find a new place for, for our wedding. Um, and then I literally turned to the photographer and I said, do not get even the slightest hint of that goddamn tent in the background of our pictures. <laughs> Not even a, a a flag in the distance, not a corner of tent, not a fire breather, nothing. It was, I don't want to see it. It was such a beautiful day, but we put together that wedding with, like, super glue. It, it, I think super glue was, like, <laughs> like it may have just been nail glue. Like, it, it was literally to the point the night before I was up until 4 a.m. cooking food for the reception went to sleep for a few hours, got up, forgot to eat all day. Our wedding was at um at dusk at sundown. And literally as we were packing things up from the wedding, I'm walking towards the car with like chairs in my hand and I literally faint. I just dropped to the ground because I haven't eaten and you know, I barely slept and then all the stress of the day of moving the venue like last second so like yeah your boy was overloaded so yeah it it was a rough day but we got some pretty pictures and we didn't have to spend 13 14k actually uh, so. actually yeah that's ridiculous <laughs> um heavenly uh is telling uh sweet tea uh everyone goes into marriage with good intentions but you have to prepare my mama used to teach me always have your own. Basically, basically trying to she's very trying to like insta toe in of like girl, you can't just rely on his money. Like I, I'm all I've known you for like two days, and like I already get the vibe from you that like you think you're depend like dependent on him, and that's not gonna work. Oh no, she should completely depend on him for money, and every fucking cent she gets from her job goes in an account that he does not have access to. Well, especially when he does not go to anything. Yeah. Especially when they don't have a prenup. Yeah. So all of her money becomes a nest egg. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the way to go. But she's like, yeah, I'm working on like, you know, getting money put away into like life insurance and for like retirement. And she goes, Gregory, don't give a fuck about that. And heavily goes, right. Cause you know, chances he'll go before you. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause he's like 80. Yeah. It's like- I mean, he's not that old. He's like 50 something. Yeah. Um, she asks, like, they talk more about sort of, like, the, the financial dynamic. Sweet Tea admits that Greg will sometimes throw in her face that he, he'll pay all the bills. And we see flashbacks of him basically doing just that, which, again, l- loves utilizing that also with Quad over mm-hmm. the years. And, and then she literally says, Quad probably was right about a few things about him. And Heavenly goes, like, what? And Sweet Tea's like, I mean, he'll do things that's controlling. And then he, she describes... This moment where apparently she didn't like set the alarm in the the home alarm when she left the house or something like that, like forgot to do it or whatever. And so to teach her a lesson on that, Greg called her saying that there were robbers in the house with guns. 
to like scare her into like this is where that man is deranged i for like quad like people can say a lot about quad but like and and he's a psychiatrist let's remember that that that's his doc that's a, that's how he's a part of the show that's his doctorate he's a fucking psychiatrist like I guess because he studies trauma for a living, he knows how to inflict it. It's just like experiments. Like, is that what it is? Like, I, I, I just, I, I love Heavily. He's just going, yeah, that was a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the cracks I was talking about getting exposed for those of y'all who didn't get the joke. I thought it was funny. Hey, it was great. It was good. <laughs> Sweet tea. And Russell goes, you aren't my damn daddy. You don't teach me a lesson. You teach your children a lesson. I'm going to be your wife. I'm like, don't even teach. Don't teach your children that lesson either. That's a fucked up lesson to teach literally anyone. Yeah. Sweet tea goes, that shit pissed me off. I went off on his ass. He said, you said the same shit Quad said. I said, wait a minute. Me and Quad are the only women that have lived with you. I'm like... <laughs> Got him there. <laughs> you know the way to do a lesson around not setting the alarm? You have a moving company come in and empty the living room of the furniture and the TV and all of that stuff that you see right when you come in the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you do. Because that's no harm, no foul. It's an in-the-moment kind of, oh, no, someone's broke in and stolen our shit. And then you immediately go, nah, it's in the back. Right. Why did you leave the alarm off? That's a, a way to do, like, that's still kind of fucked up, but it's still not this. Right. It's not home invasion, gunpoint bullshit. Um, Heavenly says, her confession, like, this is the same shit that Quad said, basically. And then we see the flashbacks, and I was getting flashbacks to Scandaval, because the way that, like, like Sweetie would just be in this conversation going, like, you know, I would say, like, it's not about the monetary things. Flash to Quad, granting. It is not about monetary things. It's about love. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, but Sweetie knows what has gone down on this show before she gets here. Sure. So... She may have very well gone, have already gone into this with a checklist of, is he going to fuck this shit up? But that's the crazy thing if you're just walking right into it. Like, she she didn't even go in with blinders. She knew what this man was before she got involved. Yeah. It's a, not, wouldn't be my choice. Um, Heavenly says a confessional, yes, I would have divorced him if I were Quad. And I don't want to see Sweet T go through the things that Quad went through. Quad got a whole damn mug shot. Dr. G has one too. <laughs> Oh God! I I mean, I could I could see that Sweet Tea might have one already. She seems like the especially at the where when we get to the pamper party and how she went off. I feel like she could have that tendency. To, sure, but isn't she military? I mean that not oh, that, that not yeah, that yeah, that yeah. keeps you from having a mugshot, but like you would hope that you got like a a soup song. Of control over yourself, right? Yeah. Being in the military. So she just I, seems rather short-tempered. And like, yeah. I just, I just don't think that would mix well. So yeah. That, that's a little confounding. Um, and then Heavily goes, what's going to happen if you get married? And Sweet Tea goes, I think I'll figure it out. That's not the answer. <laughs> that's not the good. That's not a good answer. Also, if? Why was there an if in that statement? I mean. Like. We're a week out. Why is there? There should not be an if. Heavily's like, you can turn back. I mean, we'll see you at the party later. I mean, sure. Yes. Yes. There's always time to go. Ah, I 
actually, um, no. Did she um, sign her contract for the show yet? <laughs> you get another season. You get another half of this season, girl. Like you don't yeah. have to, like you know. Um, we then go to Doctor Simone and Cecil, and she, they're having dinner uh, with their boys, um, sort of like laying out everything that's happening with them. Um, her younger Michael is in community college right now and is wanting to transfer to law school. Um, and then her other older one, Miles, is 24. Cecil talks about how he's like, you know, was in Georgetown and then he's now going to uh, University of Georgia and, you know, back and forth in and out. And now that uh, Simone basically described that he's crawling through college. And I'm like, OK, but that was also me, though, and I didn't finish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally me, too. Like I went for two years, one place, then community college for like six years after that, and then did two more years at a online college to finally get an associate's degree. Yeah. So like I get it. This is it's this scene was kind of triggering from both ends. Like it it, it kind of, like I was triggered like being on their the son's end of it because I have been on that yeah. position where where Cecil's basically like so what's the plan and he, and he's like I don't really know yet. <laughs> like the, the but pressure it's like, that we put on literal children like I understand they're 20 but like most people's brains don't fully develop until they're 25. Someone with like neurodivergence doesn't fully settle their brain and how their brain functions until 35. Right. So like expecting people to make lifelong decisions before those moments is really kind of bullshit. Well, and it's also that I think the issue is that we place, we also place the pressure on the parents, right? Because it's like, we've, we told these parents, especially of like Simone and Cecil's generation, like, you build up your whole life. You work, you work the way that you do. You build your family and you maintain for the specific purpose of your child going to a four-year college right. that you save up enough to pay for. And, and, and it's a struggle. So I, find the, I felt the frustration also where Simone's just like, so what's the plan after you graduate? And, he, and Michael's like, I mean, maybe you can get me an apartment to live like, you know, so I don't have to live in the house because her other son is already living with them. Yeah. And he's 24. Yeah. Like so it's like I can understand the frustration on Simone's end especially just in the, I mean in terms of her field when how hard you had to work to get to that field right and like you it's kind of like it feels like you're not getting that return that you had been promised by society was going to happen. So how do you think the kids feel, Simone? <laughs> exactly. I know. I there was definitely some times where it's like Simone was definitely like being a little um uh Virgin on Boomer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Um, Cecil's like, your mom and I got to be on the same team. And Simone goes, and we're never on the same page or the same team. Which, okay. I was like, oh, God, I don't want Simone and Cecil. Like, Simone and Cecil's relationship has always been semi-volatile. Not volatile, but like, as at, you know, I mean, it's literally been on the brink of divorce. So yeah, I always root for them to get past that. Um, but Simone talks about like Cecil believes there's a free flowing ATM machine that allows them unlimited resources and spending until they choose to get it done. So it's definitely like Cecil's a little more lax into and maybe not as stressed in terms of that, which right. probably makes sense. Like I mentioned with like Simone's profession. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm sure Cecil's also contributing to the household. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like Simone's is, a, what is, I can't remember what I does Cecil do for a living. Cecil does for a living. But, I mean, there's no way that they have unending money just from her being a gynecologist sure. and being on married medicine. That's not 
that's not enough to bring unending amounts of money. Yeah. I did love her son because at one at the end she goes, You're living a very entitled life, and Michael goes, Thanks for entitling me, and offers his hand for a handshake. Bitch, little, little sh- fucker. Re- read your mother. <laughs> Shade her. Uh, um, we then go to Heavenly's house, and her and Laura are are cooking spaghetti. She's teaching her how to cook spaghetti. I love the the the. the it's here's the thing. It started off well because she had the meat with the clearly the goya uh-huh. uh, seasoning, but then they make the point to emphasize that the, she has the jarred uh, prego sauce, which which. Uh-uh. You can start from jarred as long as you don't leave it jarred. Yeah. You just, you gotta, you gotta add stuff to it. Add some extra Italian seasoning. Add a good old helping of minced garlic. Add some onion. Add or some shallot or whatever you want. Like black pepper, like some red pepper flake. Add stuff to it. Yeah. There's ways to spice up jarred stuff so that you don't have to make shit from scratch all the time. Right. But you could still have extremely flavorful food. Like, fuck off. But also her, I got so, like, triggered with her breaking the fucking spaghetti noodles. One, breaking the spaghetti noodles, which I think is, they're, they're, Get packa- over it. they're packaged like that for a reason. Get over it. But, like, they're just not even. They don't make pots big enough for them. That's Except a- Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray makes the little oblong pots. I do want one of those pots, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a burn. The problem with an oblong pot is you need an oblong burner to make it work. Because otherwise, the two ends of your pot are not getting heated to the same degree as everything else. Sure. But like, but she breaks the, the spaghetti like directly over the pot, just haphazardly. And there's like pieces like that clearly like fell on the ground and like... Cause, yeah, because it's just, it's number one, it's not even. And, like, she didn't butt her hands up together to make sure that it's controlled. <laughs> like, when I break my, my spaghetti in half, because I don't typically eat a lot of spaghetti, I usually prefer a shape. I love, this is the commentary you get on a game is envy, by the way. Pasta etiquette. <laughs> Look, but I, like, butt my hands together and then break it down into the pot. So that anything flying away, which there shouldn't be much because your hands are kind of controlling that and Mm. keeping it from shattering. But when it breaks in the middle, anything that does break, breaks down into the water. Yeah. And then you drop both halves into the water. Whereas she just kind of went, and then broke it off. (laughs) It's like she banged one end with a sledgehammer to break it. It's like, what are you doing? Right. Um, So, and and Dr. Damon also comes home. Um, They're talking with Alora about sort of like going off to college and stuff like that. Oh, God, this scene. Oh, my God. Um, Damon talks about, because Alora's asking like, well, like, did you guys party? I mean, like, you know, because they're basically trying to like play off that like, you know, oh, yeah, it's all about schooling and stuff like that. Damon's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I partied, but, you know, I I much preferred like the study time. And Alora's like, did you have a girlfriend? And Heavenly goes, no, daddy. But I was your first love. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> like <laughs> their dynamic is just hilarious to me. I love that Damon puts up with her. <laughs> he he says they're confessional. I hugged her in the back of Pearl Cone High School, and I knew that this was the woman I wanted to be with for the rest of my life. And Heavenly just goes, you was touching me behind the school? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heavenly tells Laura that if she... <laughs> I also love her, like, reasoning with Alora for staying, like, in town and not going off for college, being like, well, you can stay and you'll be close to me and you can help run the beauty supply school. <laughs> it's like... like, the only person that I thought made a semi-solid argument was 
was David. Really? Because I thought it was, I thought the argument well, he was yes. making was, if you run into something and you need me, I want to be able to be there for you. Yeah. He was like, I, I didn't have as much trouble with the with the boys. because, And he's like, don't, I mean, you know, the risk of sounding sexist, but like, I felt that they could handle themselves in terms of that. Which I think it's valid. Like, I think like, you know, I don't think, here's the thing, I don't think Damon's reasoning while maybe entrenched in some sexist ideas that society places on people, I don't think is But I don't incorrect. even think it's necessarily sexist. It's just going, society treats people different. They're sure. going to come at you in ways that they don't come at the boys. And you're going to encounter, encounter challenges that they will never even think of. So, like, you are going to need more support than they would from me. Yeah. And they don't even ask for it because there's also that aspect of boys don't ask for help right, 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 right because right. that's not masculine or whatever so i can then focus on being supportive for you but if you're four or five hours away i can't do that i can't be there for you in a moment's notice if you need me yeah so i understood that that at least even though i don't agree that that's a good enough reason I thought that that was at least an argument that I understood and I could empathize with. Well, that I, I was... as opposed to Heavenly, who decided that you know when didn't used to exist. Well, no, he introduced the thing is Damon introduces that first. He says there's been all this unusual weather in Florida that we didn't get like ten or twenty years ago. Okay, but that's true. Is there? Yes, because like with global warming and like. Hurricanes are more vicious now than they used to be. It, you know what it reminded me of? Vicky on OC reasoning with Brianna not to move to Oklahoma because of tornadoes. I mean, I, there's plenty of reasons not to move to Oklahoma. It just feel it just feel like the, it felt like a plucked excuse. The, yeah, like, you know what I mean. And, and yeah, Heavenly's just like we didn't have no wind back then. <laughs> she didn't like, have wind. And then at one point she goes, you know, the banks are having problems. <laughs> Like, what problems are the banks having? This I'm, is in 2009. I'm sorry. Wizard of Oz was done in 1930-something. Yeah. They knew about tornadoes back then. There was wind. And then Heavenly saying, times are so different. They got the internet and the outer net and the AI. The outer net? The fuck is the outer net? What have I been missing? Do they have better social media on the outer net? Yeah. Or is that like the dark web? <laughs> oh, God. I don't want to go that route. No. I don't want to I don't want to be out there. No. I don't have a flashlight. <laughs> and then they're talking about in the confessional. And, like, Damon has, like, tears coming, like, thinking about a Laurel thing. And just heavenly going, Daddy, you crying? Please don't cry. Ooh, the baby crying. <laughs> <laughs> I love Heavenly so much. Heavenly has never had a serious moment in her life, never. has she? <laughs> Never. <laughs> she will take the piss out of any, any and every situation. Uh, we see, uh, we don't normally get a scene with like just a husband, I would say on this show, but it was kind of a, I mean, it was a refreshing uh, thing. We see Eugene take uh, his sons to go shoe shopping. Mm -hmm. um, and like, if anyone is going to get that scene, it's going to be Eugene. I feel yeah. like he really is sort of like the patriarch of this, oh, yeah. of this show. Um, <laughs> him telling his sons, What's the gossip? What's going on? And his son being, don't ever say that again. <laughs> uh, but he talks a lot about how his, like, you know, his, his relationship with his father, about how, you know, his dad was, like, really no nonsense, but also would make such a point to sort of, like, have these bonding moments. So yeah. 
wanting to do that more. And, and you can tell he really, like, I think we said it last week with the sex talk thing of like, you can tell he has a genuine respect for his sons that, yeah. I, that I really love to see. Um, his son tells, he's telling about, you know, wanting to have more like, you know, father son time and his son going, you want us to hang out more with you? Cause you feel lonely. <laughs> He really, I mean, he really is, the, the, I, for, I forgot which, uh, the name of the son, but he really is much like Eugene and also looks a lot like Eugene. The other one looks a lot like Toya. Yes. Like, it's very, like, clear cut. And it's clearly worth, but the one that looks like Toya was the one that ratted Eugene out about the Playboy <laughs> documentary. <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> um, Eugene uh, says, like, you know, some of the stuff that we were talking about the other day was good. You know, is there anything that you guys wanted to say that you didn't want to say, like, in front of your mom in terms of questions? And then there's a pause and his son goes, what are periods? And he goes, huh? <laughs> Ask your mama that. <laughs> but I, I do like Eugene was also like, I mean, I technically, I think I can explain it better. Cause, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah with the medical. Well, and he did. Honestly, he did a very good job of explaining it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would say most dads wouldn't be able to explain it to the correct level, but also scientifically correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I that, mean. That's the added benefit. I've had a doctor in the house. I, I did love where the son was like, so it's chunky? And he <laughs> said, I wouldn't say chunky. <laughs> but like, sir, it it's 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 chunky. Oh, God. Okay, moving on. There's bits. Oh, no. Uh, so we go to these ones amounts. It's, it's tissue, though. It's not. Yeah. It it's is. not just blood. Like, ask. Any woman. Ask a woman. Ask a woman. Name a woman! <laughs> we go to Cecil and Simone's, and Cecil's telling Simone about the plan for the night uh, uh, with the bachelor party. And Cecil's like, we'll probably just go to, like, a yoga place. And Simone goes, Cecil, you sound real crazy. <laughs> no one's buying it. And, and then Cecil says, I w- I'm really nervous for, because of how the last time we had the strippers was in Mexico. And I forgot about the Mexico striker. Oh, the strippers. Mex- <laughs> streaker. Streakers. <laughs> Practically, I mean, Jesus. I mean, they weren't far off tonight either. I was like, someone check on Heavenly because Heavenly's not going to be happy. Oh, no, she's going to be sitting there having like a panic attack. No, she was too busy sipping tea over at the paper party. Yeah. Uh, Phaedra and Toya are getting everything ready. They got like the flower petals and and all the sexy stuff. Uh, Heavenly walks in with, Heavenly walks in literally with a whip, but he's telling the guy, listen, don't fuck with me. I'm married. (laughs) She's. Got a whip in her hand, but she's completely covered with a trench coat. But but multiple, everyone was like wearing trench coats over there. Like, well, because they weren't getting changed there. But like specifically trench coats. Like, what they were wearing Jackie, lingerie. Jackie at least had this like sort of like sort of like almost um, faux leathery like sort of like really big jacket. But everyone looked like they had like everyone else had like flasher jackets on. <laughs> <laughs> but there is kind of that stereotype of a of a woman showing up at like her man's door late at night in a trench coat and lingerie underneath. I guess. And like just opening the jacket and just standing there in the lingerie or or else completely naked. Right. Like there's that whole thing that like from rom com. So I kind of enjoyed that, but I also felt it hilarious that Heavenly has got that thing pulled so tight around her she, and is holding that whip, though. It's like, nobody is confused as to what is going on here. She was like, back up. I got a son your age, baby. But it's like, bro was like fully 35. But also, Toya points out that one of them looks just like Damon. 
don't think it's just like. Well, I think Damon, there's similarities. Probably like Damon 20 years ago. Maybe. Um, Similar beard. Yeah, they're rubbing them down because Toy's like, it's all about pampering, you know, so they're giving them massages. And he- one of them is getting Heavenly, like, right in the shoulder. But And he- the sound that Heavenly was making was like, she was. Uh, Didn't Toya literally say, oh, she just came? Because she sprays whipped cream on her chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we see the men, they're pre gaming uh, by, uh, like, the bar in, um, I- I'm guessing this is in Eugene's house, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Eugene joking with Cecil of like, I mean, if somebody like falls on my lap, I'm not going to throw the girl on the ground. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Eugene uh, tells uh, Toya, "We're going to go. <laughs> we're going to go in like gentlemen, you know, giving young ladies who are in need of money to help them along in their lives. It's like a, co- <laughs> it's like a college fund sometimes." And I literally said to you at the, when he said that, I was like, "Oh, Juan Dixon should have used that excuse." <laughs> Robin would have believed it. <laughs> no, Robin Robin wouldn't have believed it because that would make too much sense. Yeah. Curtis, uh, they they uh, all toast to, to G. Curtis says, this is about you and your last piece of being by yourself. And it was like a really awkward pause. Curtis was testing my nerves this episode when we get to the actual strip club. Oh, yeah. Curtis, you know better. <laughs> but also, like, I feel like get over it. It's a strip club. I know. But just Curtis triggers me. Curtis triggers me for what he did to Jackie. Fair. Fair. But at that point, you tell him, I'm not comfortable with you going. Please stay home. Sure. But when, yeah. You don't get to let someone go into a strip club and be involved in all of that and then say, also, you can't participate. <laughs> Like, that's not right. Yeah. Well, Jackie did say in her festival, just don't touch them. And then the first thing we see is Curtis in the strip club on his on her lap with his hand, like, on her, like, hip, which I was like. I, I would say waist. Hip you know, is yeah, a little lower sure, than that. Fine. But, like, Curtis. <laughs> but, but like get over it it's a strip club they but well so they get on the party bus and this is the first it really was a jump scare these strippers on the party bus it was a lot because it all the bits was flapping and flopping and they had to have so much pic, pixelization it was literally like dental floss it, like that was it it looked like like 8-bit mario something going on in between because they had so much ki- pixelization they didn't even blur it. It was pixels. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, was ridiculous. Um, back at the pamper party, Simone is getting rubbed on by, uh, I, I think that, oh, he's like, there's a man like licking whipped cream off of like her leg or whatever. Uh-huh. Simone tells him, how do you know I'm not bringing diseases? I am a gynecologist. <laughs> it's like, Simone. On your knee. You got to have some game. <laughs> your your knee has chlamydia now. <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, Simone probably could tell you. You, you got gonorrhea between your toes. Oh, God. Um, sweet Tea then arrived. And she, I, I was like, uh, okay. Because she re- arrives with Kanisha. I wouldn't bring my sister to this. I would be more apt to bring a sister to this than I would be to bring. Like, if it was. Guys, I wouldn't want a brother. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I feel like there's there's a lot more action happening in the men's 
Sure. In the men's trip than there is in the women's thing. Because the women's thing, you can at least then go, you know what? Even if I don't want to engage in the sexiness side of this, I can still enjoy, you know, doing a facial mask. I can still enjoy getting a massage. I can still enjoy, you know, those sorts of things as opposed to there's no pretense you can hide behind on the men's van yeah. it's it's coochie in your face it's, in your, it's literally in your face it's flapping butt cheeks <laughs> it's which is fabulous if that's what you're going for but i don't want family involved in that right um oh my god one of the men lifts like sweet tea up to like bring her over to the couch or whatever simone then goes is Gregor going to be able to do that tonight at the wedding? I mean, I'm just curious. I was like, Shady Simone. bitch. You shady bitch. I love you so much. Um, Sweet Tea goes, I wonder what the men are doing right now. And Toya goes, the same thing we're doing. And Sweet Tea goes, Gregory's conservative. Immediately cut to just like motorboat. <laughs> See, that's like, it's like simple editing tricks like that. That's, yes, that, that's, that was fabulous. Uh, Eugene talking to Toya in the confessional about like, yeah, you know, good, clean, fun. Mine was also similar. And Toya goes, but it wasn't clean. Eugene is like, it was very clean. Toya says, you were at where? And Eugene goes, we were at a nice gentleman's club. Toya says, say the place. And Eugene goes, it's got a different name. And Toya goes, how do you know? <laughs> I love their banter. It's so good. Uh, this is where Greg is also yelling. If I take my pants down, I'm not pulling them back up. I'm like, oh God. Why would you? That g- crosses a line. You are not allowed to take your bits out. You are not the stripper. It's their job, not your. They job. take the bits out of themselves. You don't get your bits involved. That's yeah. not a thing. Um, Jackie is talking to um, her uh, sweet tea's maid of honor, Jasmine, who's at the party. He's like, is she a bridezilla? And Jasmine goes. I mean, I feel like she's been, like, justified in her bridezilla moments when she's had them. And then, like, within perfect timing, Sweet Tea then gets a call from her wedding planner, Johnny, who basically has to be like, yeah, so with, like, the whole venue change, there's, like, issues now with the vendors in terms of things that we need. And we basically got to spend, like, another, like, 13 to 14K. That feels like a scam. Cause ain't for no drape, he was like for like drapes and tables and stuff. Like you can't get the same shit. You weren't gonna have drapes and tables at the other place. It, it, you put them in a truck. No, you're exactly a U-Haul is twenty bucks an hour. Yeah, you were exactly right. Like they were like nickeling and diming her. I I fully believe that. Like I don't trust it. Simone says her confessional. I would have just canceled my wedding on that note. We go to the Justice of the Peace and Heavenly's like it's a bad omen. <laughs> they should not get married. I don't think it's a bad omen. I think that they shouldn't have got married for plenty of other reasons. I don't think this is the reason they shouldn't have got married. Right. Kanisha, so some, like, Sweetie's, like, clearly, like, upset and, like, freaking out about this, like, being sprung on her. And then her sister, Kanisha's, like, trying to get her, tell her to, like, calm down a little bit. And then tries to, like, take the phone so it's, like, and it was clearly, like, a, like, you let's don't take need, the phone. You don't yeah. need this right now. And Sweetie pulls it from her and goes, get off of me. Toya says, that's your sister. You can't talk to her like that. Like, I love Toya. Like, was very firm in that moment. Kanisha's like, don't get mad at me. I'm trying to help you out. And Sweet Tea goes, I'm not playing with you. Why are you coming for me? And, like, they get into it. And to, to the point where Sweet Tea, like, slams her own phone on the ground. Like, it was intense as fuck. And it was really great, like, 
surprised because they when they had played the scene sort of in the trailer of yeah. the season and in the lead up, and they make it seem like she's reacting to Quad. And it was like, oh, no, it's just, like, this random fight with her sister where she literally, like, Phaedra and, like, a couple other girls are, like, trying to call. And she's like, no, get off. Like, she, like, literally was trying to, like, almost, like, push away to fight her. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> That's your twin, ma'am. This- I know you said you're fraternal, but y'all look exactly alike. Uh, y'all look more alike than Tia and Tamara. It, it, yeah, it was. It, it, this is where I was like, there's something with Sweet Tea that I think we're not. How are you going to punch your own face? And they get her in the bathroom to like calm her down. And Toya just goes, okay, this is an intermission. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, the men then eventually get to the actual strip club. Uh, G is getting a dance from, uh, uh, he asked the girl's name and her name is Tequila. And he's like, ooh, I like margaritas. And then invites her to the wedding. <laughs> and then <laughs> Eugene's like, you, you can't. He says a word we're not going to repeat, and oh, then says, no, yeah. <laughs> "You can't, you can't invite her to. You can't invite this random woman to your wedding." And he's like, "Fuck you! Yes, I can." <laughs> it's uh, gee, oh, gee, and he's like on the he's on the pole at one point, like like backing it into her, and like. What if the reason next episode Heavenly's not on the list is because he deleted her to add this stripper? <laughs> Bye. But that would be some, that would be some bullshit. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect any less from Doctor G. Um, Sweet Tea is like apologizing to Kanisha in the bathroom. It's like she's just stressed or whatever, and they just like drop it apparently. <laughs> Move on. Um, but while they're in the bathroom, Heavenly's talking to the other girls and she, she's like, you know, that meltdown was coming. I think this marriage, this wedding was rushed. They're not ready. And like, everyone's just like, this is not the time to bring it up. Heavenly. We're in two, like we got two days to go. Come on. Um, Heavenly tells them about the conversation that she had with Sweet Tea about how he said that she said that he can be controlling at times and stuff like that. Um, and Simone, her confessional, two days before the wedding, you're going to say out loud that you don't think that they should be married. It's messy as hell. And here's the thing, though. Yes, but that's what I always feel about Heavenly. Heavenly is messy as hell. In Like, that's her uh, neutral mm-hmm. is messy. But I would say 95, I won't give her 99, 95% of the time, there's an, at the very least, an ounce of truth in what she's talking about and i also think that she just i think when she's doing it on neutral she's not even thinking about it being messy she's just speaking with no filter yeah she creates mess without trying so like when she's being actively trying to be messy is when it becomes vindictive and like stabbed to the back sort of stuff right but this is just heavenly breathing. <laughs> this is what heavenly breathing looks like. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Tea and Kanisha then rejoin the girls. And they're like, yeah, you're okay? Like, calming her down. As soon as she sits down, Phaedra gets the text, I'm outside. It's like, oh, fuck's sake. Like, of course. And then she meets none other than Quad at the door. Why the hell is Quad here? This is su- Phaedra... Like, uh, this was so messy on your part. It's, like, unbelievable. <laughs> but also, like, from a TV standpoint, like, good job. Because holy shit. She walks in, Qua walks in and goes, hey, hey, hey. And I, it really was the meme, that meme, like, hey, 
How you doing? <laughs> but she, but of course, I fell the fuck out because of course, Quad walks in, says hi to everyone. What does Heavenly do? <laughs> like laughing. Everybody else looks like they just witnessed a mass murder, and Heavenly's like, "Yay!" It's Quad. <laughs> she goes up to hug her, and Tori's like, "Heavenly, that's your friend now." Heavenly just likes the mess. Uh, Simone asks, I mean, it looks as though you were invited. And Quad goes, I was invited by Phaedra. Uh, Phaedra's like, look, we all were just wondering, like, how Quad was doing. And she was the topic of conversation. So it's like. I mean, that's fair, though. If you're going to have her name in your mouth, she might as well be in the scene. Yeah. Tori's like, Phaedra, you a messy bitch. <laughs> like, this is fucked up. And, but then Sweet, I will say that it was so weird. It really was so weird how quick Sweet Tea popped up on her sister like that. But in this moment, she actually handles it maturely, seemingly. And like... I think it's because her blowing up at her sister had nothing to do with her sister. And everything to do with her needing to release aggression. Yeah. And once that aggression was released, she was fine. Yeah. That's 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 a yeah. Because if her sister hadn't tried to take her phone from her, that would have been Quad, Mm. and Quad would have popped back off. Oh, that would have been so good. And we would have had a brawl. We would have had an actual, literal brawl. Yeah. Toya, (laughs) sweet, he's like, you could sit next to me, and Toya goes, she said, sit next to her, Quad. That's weird. Toya, you could tell Toya was getting aggravated. And, and I think a lot of people were, and Quad kind of hints of it, that like this was Toya upset that Quad is on the show at all and like back in the friend group, which possibly like I'm, they I don't, don't like think, each other, but. But people are like trying to say it. it's the same shit with like blaming Candy for Phaedra not being on Atlanta. Yeah, sure. Candy put her foot down, but she had every right to be to, to do that. And Phaedra got kicked off of that show. For her own actions. Yeah. Like Quad not being part of this friend group would have been a result of her own actions. Right. But I also think like we've seen a lot now on Housewives and Bravo shows of like people trying to ice people out and like sort of that stuff. I actually thought Toya handled it very normally. Like, like, yeah. like it is like you brought this girl to like, like one, this is the party I'm organizing. And like you just brought this girl to. That, that's not number one. That's number like two or three. Sure. Number one is this is the bachelorette party for the new wife who is marrying her ex who just told us like a month ago, don't bring up her, her name. Right. So why are you then? Okay, fine. I won't bring up her name. I'll bring up her person. Yeah. Here she is. Quad, quad congratulates her and basically says like, there's no animosity there, which I think is, Interesting in the context of why Quad might not have wanted to come back. Like the fact that she is able to say like to like say to Sweet Tea, I have no issue. I send you my congratulations, etc. I thought was interesting. I mean, I guess her issue is more with G. It's not with yeah. her. Yeah. Like she has no beef with Letitia. Yeah. Because uh, Letitia doesn't know her or anything. Yeah. Like she didn't know Letitia. So like why? Why would T have any sort of allegiance to Quad over G. Yeah. Toya goes, can I be real? You. How is it possible that you never met this girl in your life and she pops up at your bridal shower and a week ago you were saying you didn't want us to bring up her motherfucking name? 
Sweet Tea then turns to Quad to explain it, and she's like, the reason I didn't want them to bring up your name was because it was my engagement party. And Toya goes, well, bitch, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Toya, I, I, get, I just love the way Toya handles conflict. I feel like she, I, I think she's a great, like, sort of arguer. Well, Whether she, her intentions are good or not, like, it's like. She's good at, like, not even just that, though. She's good at highlighting bullshit. She's not going to let you get away with some bullshit, with some slick shit. It's not going to happen. She's going to call it out. Yeah. Like, whether she has ulterior motives for that, whatever. But, like, you're not getting away with it. You're not going to act like this is normal. Because yeah. this ain't normal. Simone goes, Quad, where have you been? Like, And Toya goes, you don't care, Simone. Stop it. <laughs> like, like, we're not having this conversation here. Uh, Toya goes, this is what I want to see happen. And Sweet T's like, okay, but, like, this is my event. And Toya goes, no, it's not. And I'm doing this for you. <laughs> and then they all crack up laughing. <laughs> No, uh, this is my event. <laughs> that I, I I paid for it. It's my event. I don't care if it's your sweet tea. Uh, Tori goes. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Quad. As much as we would all like to catch up and figure out why we all got issues, this is not the time and place. And Phaedra, can you walk your friend out? <laughs> like. <laughs> Toya controlled the fucking room in such a, I think, a real masterful way. Quad asks Sweet Tea if she wants her to stay, and Sweet Tea's like, look, I think for the occasion, it's probably best that you just leave. And Toya goes, walk her out, Phaedra. <laughs> <laughs> Go. We make sure that door is shut and locked, basically. I, honestly, if I was Toya and slash if I was T, I probably would have said, and your messy ass can leave with her. Yeah. You brought her here. You can take her away. I'm rescinding your hosting privileges, Phaedra. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> and Quad Erica Russell goes, if Toya could get me out of this group, she would be so happy to sweep my ass on out of this circle. Like, and I, maybe. Like, I don't, again, I think the jury's out on that, in my opinion. Like, I think other people think otherwise. But also, but... again, to quote the queen, you're not even married to medicine, my love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that was Married to Medicine for the week. And my God, that was good. Like, that's that's the best thing. That's the best, like, episode I've watched in, like, a couple years on yeah. Bravo. Like, it was fan-fucking-tastic. Not a dull moment. Everything was just hitting, firing on all cylinders. Fabulous, fabulous episode. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We've got uh, Hoville. we got got uh, Big Brother UK. we got Drag Race UK and Canada. And we have Married to Medicine. What are you thinking, babe? Uh, I'll start with my bottom. Uh, I'm going to give it to Shake over on uh, Hoville. Uh, House of Villains. <laughs> um, yeah, I, there actually was a lot of bottom stuff, I would say, this week. But I think Shake's kind of the one that's... I mean, Bobby was there. Not that kind of bottom. <laughs> um, but in terms of, like, like, Shake has just been a little boring to me. I don't, yeah. I don't love as much as when he's, like, centered in, like, the episode and, like, sort of the dynamic of everything because I just don't feel like he really delivers. I think I said a lot last week that he's a little, um, uh, paint by numbers yeah. in terms of this kind of trope. And there's stuff nothing like that. compelling there. No. So I just, I, anytime he was sort of like the center of attention, it was frustrating. And then also him like very easily winning that challenge. I was just like, Oh fuck, you know, yeah, not my favorite. Um, so yeah, that will be my bottom, my top. I'm going to go to married to medicine. Uh, and I'm going to give it to Toya. I thought Toya, like, especially, like, in that last, like, everything from the pamper party, like, the both even before, like, the whole, like, quad coming in, like, the way that she kind of just, like, owned the room. She has this, just, like, personality that I love of a, of a reality star where she really just commands attention with her speaking voice and, like, is always involved in a way that's natural and, like, sort of, like, 
commands attention. And I, and I, and I really, I've loved Toya from like season one. I really think that she is a underrated MVP of this show and, and a necessary part of this show. Um, I think most people would think of like Quad and Mariah and, and even like Heavenly in that regard. Like, I feel like Toya is so underappreciated. Um, and I, and I just love every time, uh, she gets to deliver on my screen. Um, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? I'm going to start with my bottom as well. It's going to be whichever fucking demented producer on, uh, Big Brother UK decided to eviscerate Maddie on television <laughs> and then backdoor evict him. I, I, I don't like backdoor evictions anyway, because I feel like it robs a housemate of the the live experience like yeah. that's a iconic big brother experience getting to come through those doors with the pyro and the cheering crowd or booze or booze but whatever you've earned that reaction right yeah whatever the reaction is you've earned it and i feel like maddie earned that he gave us great performance all season and then to be denied that experience at the end like I, that to me, it's just, ugh, I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. It didn't feel good. It didn't feel like a good closing to his story on the show. Um, so that's my bottom for the week. Fuck whoever decided to do that. And then to make, and then to have Yin run read it. Anytime they make ah! Yin run cry. <laughs> Which is every five seconds and any eviction, honestly. I don't know how that bitch was, had any moisture left in her body. <laughs> she was like, chronically dehydrated i'm sure had to be um so that's my bottom for the week my top for the week because um in honor of thanksgiving I'm doing a double helping oh. i've got two tops so my first one is going to be ginger on drag race uk i felt like her her performance has been just above what everyone else is giving to me this season um i've also felt like very reminiscent of uh, Sasha Colby on Drag Race US. Mm-hmm. Um, she is not letting the multiple wins in a row make her cocky. Sure. She has been humble the whole time. Yeah, she's had like joking moments, right? Of like, oh, yes, I'm the star. Like, But it's it's clearly a joke. And it's not something she's letting get to her head. She's not becoming an asshole over it. She really is just this queen who is in it for the art. And to me, that's very, like, respectable. And, like, that is the sort of drag queen I want to support. Um, Whether she wins or not, I will always be a fan of her because of the way that I've seen that she conducts herself and the way that she has such a respect for the art form. Yeah. Um, My second top for the week is the girlfriend experience because bitch showed out. (laughs) Oh my God. Like I have not seen somebody walk into drag race who is very clearly going to be in the final, if not win the damn thing since Gigi. Yeah. Like it just, she embodies everything of what we want from an amazing drag queen. And then the fact that she's also representing the trans community and the fact that she's just like, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did you not want to see my body today? Too fucking bad because I'm getting naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, 
just like the positivity and the the just overall beauty and like the skill and god damn the good work she's had done just to like align her body with who she is and it's just like it's it's fabulous and i am so excited to see how she performs on this season of canada's drag race Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs>